deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz? I'm sure you've seen the news. Mm-hmm. You've you've been following following the news online. <laughs> uh uh and uh we have a responsibility, I think, as a podcast. You know, news has broken while we've been on air before. Uh-huh. And uh uh it may may happen again. Mm-hmm. Um I, uh, I was thinking about this because I, I remembered that when the queen dies in England, mm-hmm. if you hear if you hear that Sabres of Paradise song, you'll know you'll know that something bad has happened. Okay. And as we are all glued glued to uh, the uh, the news, wondering, you know, what is <laughs> what is going to happen with our with our big beautiful boy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, you know what? What do we do as podcasters if the unthinkable should happen? Uh, and so I have <laughs> brought back the soundboard. Wonderful. And I figure if anything happens over the next in the, over the next few few weeks, mm-hmm. we can drop this bad boy in, in, in there. I love. Oh, we can drop the crab rave in there. That would be wonderful. So that's 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 my that's just you know we have a responsibility as podcasters we have a big audience uh 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 we were on the internet you know i i we need to do our part and uh and if that ha- if the wor- if if the unthinkable wink uh-huh. should happen parody <laughs> parody <laughs> we'll be there we'll 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 keep our listeners informed that's that's really great. That is a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility, but I mean, you know, with great power uh, and great podcasting comes great responsibility, and I think we're up to the task. That's that's what they say. I think about death and dying every single day of my life. I've got all I've got all the good stuff. I got all the good stuff back here. So we're great. That's uh, a lot of options. Got a lot of options. Keep keep. I guess guess keeping the options open is important. Mm-hmm. Um. How how you doing? How you feeling? Oh, I'm all right. I have a normal Coke Zero this morning. Ooh, a regular Coke Zero, no orange. No orange, no no vanilla, no cherry. Damn. Regular. Just regular. How's that treating you? Um, after only drinking orange for a really long time, the regular tastes very um licorice-y to me. Hmm, I can see that kind of. A is new dimension. What, what is what is Coca Cola supposed to taste like? Do do is it just like they invented a flavor? Is it supposed to taste like something? Um, I this is one of those things that I feel like I've definitely known mm. and has now left my brain. See, because I, I always had this. Did did you ever have the um the thing in in like you know elementary or middle school? Where like mm. someone would be drinking Dr Pepper and someone would come up to me and say, like, "Ew, you know that that's prune prune juice, right?" Like that was like the whole weird thing. I've never heard that in my never, entire that, life. That was that was like a constant thing of like people trying to trying to gross each other out by telling telling each other, "Hey, the doc, Dr Pepper, that's prune. Old people drink that. That's prune juice." 
It's going to make you it, poop. What? That was like that, as a trick. Yeah, I no, I well, I don't know. I don't know if it, they were doing it as a trick. They were like, "I'm going to trick this person who's throwing <laughs> away their soda." I'm, or I'm not understanding this conceit. If at this all. was a Prince genuine, juice is not carbonated, if and it's, it's not Dr Pepper. It, but they, I, they were convinced because people would because it's 31 flavors. That's the 31 flavor thing, uh-huh. and the 31st flavor, everyone was like, oh, "It's prunes, and it's going to make you poop." That that was like a big thing in like elementary school. For me, kids are fools. Kids are fools. I, mean, I, if anyone is listening to this, I, I, I hope that I've just not divulged like some insane thing that only I have ever heard. <laughs> like, I've, I have please. never, never once heard that in my life. <laughs> I thought this was like, like a common, common gag. Uh, or or mm. belief like a snow I, I like is this on Snopes like Dr Pepper is not prune juice that was that was I, that yeah that was just a thing kids would argue Dr about Pepper this. prune juice the un so does Dr Pe- so I guess this is a thing oh, oh okay uh, thank God it has a it has a Snopes.com article it is thank Dr Pepper God. made from prune juice holy fuck claim false does not contain any prune juice that is not a surprise obviously dr pepper contains no real juice yeah. of any kind other than pepper uh-huh it's got real peppers in it yes that's all the peppercorns rattling around at the bottom of the can <laughs> okay i'm so relieved i was like this was like a big thing all the kids would tell each other like ew don't drink dr pepper it's got prunes in it that's and that's gross for some reason this never made it to my school, I guess. Huh. Yeah, this was a big, big schoolyard soda rivalry thing. No no mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper allowed for the cool kids. <laughs> this Snopes article is written. It's so funny. Prunes, of course, are somewhat reviled for their association with prompting bowel movements, an association that supplies the ew factor necessary to keep the rumor going. <laughs> Thank you, Snopes. The ew factor. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, factor. I'm relieved that that was not just some isolated lie that i experienced and 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 is a is a widely held belief but yeah that was that it took it took a while before i could just drink dr pepper without kids being like ew gross around me so interesting yeah yeah a little a little a little soda lore uh for our new segment this week um Mm -hmm. which is good because the real lore that i've got for this this new segment sucks uh which is the update well I guess it's not that it sucks. It, it, it's the the truth that we knew all along, uh-huh. which is that Eddie Redmayne is exactly who we kept on joking about him being. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know if I really need to get really in, you know into the nitty gritty details of it, but uh, you know after after his whole thing being one of the first people after Daniel Radcliffe to be like I I I also I'm not not quite I'm not a fan of when <laughs> she says main main things. Um, like he, 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 you know, he kind of came out swinging and I was like, oh, okay. He's the star of her movie. That's kind of a big deal. Um, but I guess the, uh, the real answer to that is he is the star of her movie and that's kind of a big deal. So he had to walk it back this week. Um, right. Yeah. And, uh, and say that he, uh, al- he is alarmed by the vitriol aimed at her, uh, and that their reaction to her on social media was disgusting. Uh, but it's okay because he still thinks that transphobia is bad, but it's equally disgusting that people are rude, right. rude to J.K. Rowling about it. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> do, do we have much to say about this other than I guess we were right? I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, this is not, a, this is not a surprise. No. Um, and it's not even like we predicted it. This is just what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I I'll put like a half point in our prediction jar for this, but like, mm-hmm. I don't think. I, I mean, it was, it was either this or he was just never going to say anything and still be on the right. movie. Yeah. I mean, that, that's. It is. It is what it is. I guess it is what it is. Yeah, it's not. It's not surprising. Uh, funnier, I think. Honestly, you know, the Eddie Redmayne thing has been kind of big news. Um, I think that the funnier one, honestly, was the Stephen King one this week. Stephen King doesn't know what is going on. Stephen King. This- Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I want to be mad about this, mm-hmm. and I just spent, I spent like two minutes scrolling, <laughs> scrolling through his Twitter timeline that's all just like, uh, like, go vote. Yeah, and like, yeah. This, our president is so stupid. Mm-hmm. So, I, he doesn't know what's going on. I think that the, uh, the funniest part of the Stephen King thing like we we are reading a Harry Potter chapter about the behavior that Stephen King is exhibiting here, which is the like trying to get back in someone's good books without actually apologizing thing, right? Like, <laughs> I don't even know if I can assign that much motive to whatever this is. Oh, do you think he just like forgot? Like, like you know, yes. the, the the whole thing I, the ha- thing happened a few months ago. He was like, oh, yo, yeah, I'm sorry about that, and then he just forgot about it. It's like, oh, J.K. Rowling has a new book out. I thought it was okay. Yes. He's just, I, yes, he's just wandering through life. I mean, I'm not trying to say that to try to, like, make excuses no, for him. No, no. Because the thing is, is that there's no reason for him to not know what's going on. Like, like figure it out, old man. But he, he, he like, clearly does not. Stephen King did a lot of cocaine. Well, you have to face the music now. Tell me, tell me what you think about how long the Dark Tower series That's is. That's right. Yes. Oh, uh, the Dark Tower series? Let it, let it rip. It's a little bit long. Uh huh. It's a little long, Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, my um, because I I did make that tweet. I was like, okay, if he if he goes back on this, I will I will let loose on the dark tower. I need it's time to, to roast the dark tower. I it's time to roast the dark tower. Let's. I think the first book. I think the first book in the series is the best one. Uh, hey, Steve. Uh, uh gotten. Got any good pitches for adaptations of the Dark Tower lately? Because they all suck so far. Uh, mm. Hey, wait, what? Wait, what about that? Um, wasn't there a show based on one of his books that was about the people in the dome? Oh yeah, it's just called Under the Dome, isn't it? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't see it. I That's forgot so, that. That one, one of that show has this is the in the same lives in the same house in my brain as like Kyle X Y like mm. those like curiosity TV shows yeah that I'm like who watched this how did this how did this get made <laughs> I can't uh, I can't get fired up to roast the Dark Tower I'm just like you know what I don't think about the Dark Tower very much anymore and maybe that's the ultimate roast it's just like, I, I think probably it's yeah it's just left my mind entirely I used to be way into that. Uh, less less so nowadays um there's a much more important piece to this uh eddie redmayne story to get back Mm. to him for a minute because he 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 finally officially confirmed we we got the uh the set reports and leaks from some fantastic beast fans that the movies were filming again um they finally officially said so through eddie redmayne who said it's fizzing 
It's fizzing. It's fizzing. I think that is so beautiful. Was that a coded mm. message to us? Does he know about the orange beer stuff on the show? <laughs> is he is he is he listening to this and going? You know, he he he's so frustrated because he, he's he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. And he's like, I know, I know that I I'm stuck. I can't I can't condemn J.K. Rowling, but I, I look like a huge hypocrite. But you know what? It, it, I do like Dr. Pepper, and it is not prune juice. Mm. Is he is he is he? You know what? What's fizzing? I, here's the thing: is I don't think that he he if he was talking to us in a secret code, he he knows that there is we are not going to afford him uh, any sympathy. No, no, absolutely not. Um, but I do thank him for introducing me to this new phrase. It's fizzing. It's fizzing. It was. I was thinking about it all day when it happened. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what he meant by that. <laughs> I, it, it is so close to fizzling. Um, oh yeah, uh, it kind of reads that way when you glance over the headline. That's the first. Well, that's the first thing because because so when I um uh when I first saw uh the headline of him saying uh it's fizzing. Yeah. Because uh, because it, it's uh, he's back on set for Fantastic. Let me find the exact headline. Eddie Redmayne is back on set for Fantastic Beast 3, quote, it's fizzing. <laughs> and this, this was, this happened, I saw this headline, because this happened, like, either right before or right after um, the other thing came out. Because I think this was part of the same interview where he says, oh, uh, uh, people are being too mean to J.K. Rowling, right? Mm-hmm. And so I saw he was trending. And I was like, right. oh, I better check out what's going on. And so I Googled it and I saw this headline and I just glanced at it and I was like, oh, people are, are he's trending because he says that Fantastic Beast 3 is fizzling or something. <laughs> and I thought that this was going to be some like juicy drama. Yeah. But instead he he says, <laughs> uh, we're, two, we're two weeks in again. It's a whole new process. It's a whole new normal uh, I wondered actually whether the masks would affect creativity in some ways. Maybe that was a bit ignorant, but I just thought as humans, do we need interaction to spark from each other? What is really what? reassuring is that it is a different process, but it still feels like it's fizzing and that everyone is working at the top of their game. Oh, so some creative fizzing. Creative fizzing. Now, when he talks about like the masks being hard for, are they... I wonder- can, uh, can creativity bloom if you cannot see the fizzing from someone's <laughs> mouth? I think that's what he's saying. Well, they're talking, but the thing is, like, they're they're not filming the movie with masks on, presumably, right? right? It, unless, are they, I've seen a couple of, like, set photos from, there's some other movie that's filming right now where they've got, like, not not like traditional like cloth masks, right? But they've got like mm. those like shield like those uh like riot shield masks, like yeah. the, like the plastic thick plastic ones that wrap around the face. Yeah, and I'm assuming that you know they're like digitally removing those. Is that what he's talking about? Are they filming it with those? It's fizzing. I need to see some set photos. We saw, I mean, like we saw pictures of the sets, but I want to see some shots of them actually filming this because I'm very curious. Are they just wearing masks in between takes, or are they full on like filming this movie with those big, big like plastic face shields? I think it would be really cool if they 
shot the whole film with cloth masks, but made them green and then green screened <laughs> in their mouth afterward. Oh, and everyone looked like Henry Cavill in Justice League? Exactly. Where they had to like get his mustache? Oh, fuck. Yes. Yes, that is what I want. That is that is what I want is <laughs> and then and then if that's what it is then then like damn right it's fizzing it's fizzing every every character looks like the annoying orange and they just have like a <laughs> a, a, a completely detached mouth floating on their face <laughs> oh my god that would be incredible that mm-hmm. that's the that is I will. I that is the thing that would get me to pay money to see a new Fantastic Beast movie. <laughs> Is if is if the mouths were all fucked up? I guess that's the thing, right? Is that like, you know, I, I was talking about the face shields ma- mm-hmm. solution, and I know that there, I know that at least one movie is filming with those, but those are like shooting right now, and we haven't seen how good they are at actually removing those, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that CGI is really good for like doing that kind of thing, but yeah. but but like usually for like. You know, like they'll remove like a stuntman's helmet in a shot that's already pretty quick and obscured, right? Right. Uh, doing it for a movie where every like, if you're mov- filming a drama like that, and you've mm-hmm. got close-ups that linger on a character's face, right? How? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's as easy. I'm very curious to I, see if we see I some. Know- I know that in a lot of TV right now, they're just doing rehearsals with masks. And then when they film the. They just make the sure that everyone's take. been quarantined before filming. Well, I think that they just take them off. But, I mm. mean, it, it's it's stupid, right? Yeah. Like, that, like, that's the thing is that it's it's stupid. Um, but like, that's TV and you do like one or two takes probably. And there's like an episode a week. And, yeah. and I assume that they just do more takes for movies. There so was that, that doesn't seem. There was that soap opera that was going around on Twitter where they clearly like, like cut in a mannequin for a kiss scene. Yeah. Did you see yeah. that one? Like, the, like uh-huh. there's, there's some interesting solutions going around, but like for a big budget movie where they're like, you know, if you're, if you're watching, there's a difference between like, you know, very quickly, you know, CGIing in like a different helmet on like a stuntman or something versus like you you have a giant shot on a big 4K cinema screen and you're zooming in on like Adam Driver's face as he like trembles with rage or something. And like mm-hmm. if they've had to like CGI in new hair or like remove reflections from a mask that was on his face. I, I I don't know. I feel like we might get some very funny looking movies in the future. We are we are going to get like you say the like the the like weird ass Henry Cavill mouth on on some films. I'm I'm I I think it'll be great. Everyone loved that um that David Lynch short film with the monkey, and I think that if you oh, just yeah. did that. Yeah. But it was all of them. They're just, their mouths are moving. Wait, wait, wait <laughs> hang on. What if instead of filming the movies with actors, we just got a bunch of monkeys and put the costumes on them and just film those would be some fantastic beasts. Right. If you just, if you just got like a little Newt Scamander monkey jumping around, you got like, uh-huh. you gave a monkey like Grindelwald's haircut. That'd be kind of cool. Right. Oh, there you go. There's a movie. Now that's fizzing. <laughs> that would be fizzing. I'm really working through this phrase and trying to think how I can incorporate it into my my day to day life. I I feel like 
I feel like I this is my new pog champ. Fizzing is this fizzing good? Is it is it just a a strictly good connotation? Like like would like a, oh this podcast it's really fizzing. It's really fizzing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I would, it's got, like, I've never heard this, this phrase. I assume that's what he means. It's like, yeah, it's bubbling. It's, it's, uh, energetic. I, I, but it's fizzing. It's <laughs> such a funny fucking thing to say. I want to know who's in the movie, too. Like, is Johnny Depp there? He's gotta be. He's gotta be, I guess. But, like, he still never signed the contract, as far as we know. I, yeah, we. I half, mean, like when, half of half of the the Fantastic Beasts fandom is strictly just Johnny Depp stands. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like that, those are the money makers. I mean, like we know that we know that the um, trial got moved, but also the trial got moved, like when the filming was set for a way later date. If they're filming it now, I yeah, I, I the whole the whole thing is I chaos reigns. I'm I'm here for the chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we are we are just getting fully the most chaotic movie production possible and they are leaning into it um there was an article i sent you the forbes one that was just like here's the reasons they're still making it and and it's just like well i guess we can't stop making it um they've they got some really good they've got some real brain geniuses over at forbes being like why are they making it seems bad but uh, they like money we we might have to read thank maybe, you forbes maybe that's our third segment is that article i i had a couple <laughs> ideas but that is honestly very funny um uh so yeah um uh our last item of news here is that uh the uh head of wb games had to also offer a weird statement on the whole jk rowling being a massive transphobe situation mm-hmm. um uh, while G.K. Rowling is the creator of Harry Potter and we are bringing that world to life with the power of portkey in many places, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this has like Trump tweet energy, honestly. The, more and more mm. people are saying we are bringing Harry Potter to life with the power of portkey in many places. And she's yeah. a private citizen also, Haddad said, and that means she's entitled to express her personal opinion on social media. I may not agree with her and I might not agree with her stance on a range of topics, but I can agree. She has the right to hold her opinions, which. Okay. I, I saw a lot of people getting tricked by this one. I saw a lot of people going, Oh, WCWB doesn't agree with her and they're distancing. Really? Yeah, no, I saw, I saw some, well, I think here's the thing. I think that there are, you know, we've, we've talked about the gamers anguish, right? And the people who, who just want, they just want like anybody to tell them that it's okay to buy the game. And I think that if you were primed for that, seeing this is like, oh, thank God. See, they don't like her. I can buy it. Right. Like, like that, that, that was the, that's kind of the energy I got. But yes, I I saw, yeah, I saw a lot of people going like, oh, good on him for not, for not also saying that trans people should be rounded up or whatever. Um, So yeah, foolish. Uh, This is the most cowardly stance possible. And it is hilarious to read this statement in conjunction with what they are also trying to do with the marketing in this game where they're trying to like distance themselves from from her and saying that oh she's not involved she's not she she did not write it we've said this before on the show she might not like have a writing credit on the script for the game but all it takes is one phone call she wields all of the power over this game 
uh, and they can't do anything to to rock that boat. Uh, so to say that she is not involved while also going like, ah, I might not agree with her, maybe, and I m- maybe don't agree with her stance on a range of topics. No, not anything specific, but uh, she has the right to her opinions. Ah! Like, that is the most, most cowardly possible stance to take. I Yeah, I mean, there was no other stance that they could take, you know? She's in contract with them. Mm-hmm. Saying that she's not involved, like, yeah, she wasn't there at the studio, like, pointing at the um, Harry My Chemical Romance, like, photo <laughs> manipulation and being like, yeah, that looks good. Put that in the game. Yeah, Like, she didn't work on the game. That's not in question, <laughs> right? She didn't do the level design. Mm-hmm. She didn't debug the game. She didn't, like, make the characters. She didn't write the game, any of that. But that was never a question, right? Yeah. She is involved in that she has a contract with WB. She owns the license. Yeah. That's yep. it. Yeah. And, and, like, I, this, like, statement is, like, This doesn't even move the needle for me because it's coward money man statement. Like this is, there is precisely nothing else that you could have expected from this if she is still, if she still owns the Harry Potter IP that they're using. Until, I was actually thinking about this. It was very interesting that the Minecraft Steve in Smash Bros. (laughs) stuff happened this week uh, because that kind of has a similar history, right? Um, and mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, everyone loves Minecraft, but Notch is a fucking asshole, but also he is, he literally is no longer involved in it because someone else owns it now, right? That would be different than, uh, what we got here, which was JK Rowling is still directly involved, has, has the power to glare at the WB guy in a Zoom call and get him to, you know, change something in the game for her. Like, like it's very, very different situations. Right. Um, I mean, it, it's it's like, I think that WB certainly wants to have it both ways, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, they they to them, it's, it's, all, it's all trying to convert it into money, yeah. right? And yep. so the statement is just... Trying to, I mean, I, I think it's foolish, right? Like, I, I think that, um, I, I think that these these money men are going to be like, can we please have the money from all the people? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't think the statement was very good from a PR perspective for that. Um, conceivably, WB could buy her out of the property, but the fact of the matter is that they they haven't, you know. Yeah. And and that also cuz I think I want to remember I I think that like the stuff about Notch getting really shitty kind of happened during or right after the buyout, right? I don't remember cuz there's the other angle of this with just like if she acts out and they do buy Harry Potter from her so they can, you know, make make more of it without getting in trouble. Like Right. Does that is that her getting rewarded with ten billion dollars or whatever for her behavior? And I think that's I guess that's a bridge we'll cross if if we ever come to it. But I think it is a it it, it does still there is still a conversation there at this point. It's like you know is is there a like is there a, a possible like untainted Harry Potter experience at this point or is it just uh, radioactive entirely now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think that WB, 
and I talked about this a little bit maybe last week or the week before, but but part of what they were buying when they entered into contract with J.K. Rowling, like, yes, it was Harry Potter, but at the time... It was also J.K. Rowling. It was her name, right? yeah. It was. It was her name. It was. It was her creative mind. Like, well, yeah. welcome to the welcome to my magical mind. So that is part of the product that they bought, and the product is sort of souring now. But I, I think that there is also an angle beyond just her power that she wields over the contract that is WB trying to protect what they bought, mm-hmm. and like they want to have whatever the audience they want to buy the auteur's respect still <laughs> yeah yes for, pe- yeah. for people that for I, i'm like it sucks a lot but i think that there are plenty of like normie fans with deathly hallows stickers on their <laughs> on their cars yeah, yeah. that might still be like i don't like what she's saying on twitter but you have to admit she made hogwarts for us and they are still going to have the auteur's respect for anything that she made so of course wb is going to protect that asset yeah they've spent so much money on that yeah 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 no they 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 did the unprecedented thing at the time you know uh, uh of getting the author on board for the adaptation when I think like the, you know, like the number one, like criticism that a lot of people have of like any adaptation, whether this is a fair criticism or not, that, Oh, you know, the book was better. Right. And so Mm -hmm. getting, getting the, the real author on board, uh, like on, on the official adaptation and having her directly involved, uh, uh, that came with a lot of pedigree and but the the, the double edged sword of that is that now that the the golden goose is uh uh saying a bunch of uh fucked up shit as well as pooping out golden eggs right like it's uh that they're i don't know like there's a a new value judgment they're being forced to make here and so far the 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 call is still stay the course you know just uh, right. just and, just write it out and with any like money man executive guy, we're gonna get these statements like this that are basically like, "Can we please have it both ways?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, of course, of course, they they just they they want their money. Um, I th- I think the thing that um isn't really doesn't really matter, but is a detail in this statement, which is um the guy kind of talking about how she's like a private citizen and can obviously say whatever she wants about, yeah. um, about whatever on her personal accounts and things like that. Um, I, I floated what I think I probably described as like a, um, a, a niche theory that the, the reason that JK Rowling hasn't said on Twitter anything about Harry Potter in a long time, like why we haven't gotten the um, Hermione is a turf tweet mm. yet um, is because I would not be surprised if WB told her that she could say whatever she wants, but she can't damage their property that, right. that they're in contract with mm-hmm. about. And I and I was like, that that's probably like maybe possible. But when I saw the language in this statement, which kind of parrots that same idea that like, oh, she can say whatever she wants privately. I'm a little bit more like, I bet that verbiage was like handed down to that yeah. guy to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, I, I think that as much as anyone in this situation, this guy is sort of being thrown in front of a bus to say this, right? He, this is, this guy's taking one for the team. 
um, answering this question because this was like an investor meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was like, oh no, it was actually it was an internal company Q and A. So I think it was. Wait, hold on, let me just double check the. Yeah. Okay. So it was actually employees questioning uh, mm-hmm. the, the president, saying like, "Hey, what's the fucking deal with this?" Right. Um, which is interesting, right? But this is this, yeah. this is all an internal. I guess just like Bloomsbury was, like it's all an internal uh, uh, argument now. Um, yep. Which I guess we, I guess we have nothing nothing we can do but sit back and watch how that plays out. I just I I I think that it's obvious that right now their their like stance is stay the course, right? Mm-hmm. I just wonder with the like the increasing frequency and escalation of J.K. Rowling's bad behavior, how long? When do they blink? You know, do they blame? Mm-hmm. I guess is the bigger question. But but I feel like, I mean, at the point, purely looking at this from like cynical business guy brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that stay the course was a like understandable tactic, specifically for the ghouls running a company, right? Um, up until I I think that like even even for just like pure like. Just, just total avarice, like, like, just don't react, just get the money. I, I think that um, her tweeting out the turf Etsy shout out <laughs> is like a bridge too far. Even I would, I would have thought, but seeing that they are still staying the course through that, like, I guess at this point it's like no holds barred. I have no idea what, uh, what they're what their strategy is or like what I think it I think they're just going to wait and see how the third movie does. Yeah. Yeah, this might be this might be the last uh uh the last rodeo if if it doesn't do well. Cuz if it doesn't make money there's no point in doing this, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it, but it's a tough um math problem for them to figure out because obviously it's going to like every industry is impacted by um the world right now yeah yeah. uh so that's so that's a tough one to to um to speculate on i guess yeah 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 i mean i i I expect that they will just ride it out for as long as they can but it's it's still fascinating seeing just how low they will continue to stoop I, i i guess like like just just keep on just keep on keeping on i guess yeah, it's it's like depressing too because um, it probably doesn't actually like people being mad online doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter about who's going to go and see the movie. So if their bottom line doesn't change, they're not going to be um, worried about people being mad on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. All they care about is the money. That is that is the only part that matters. And as soon as I, I, that, not to say stop being mad about it, but but just like it's it's only when the being mad about it uh translates into this is actually affecting the money we'll be bringing in that is when the change will happen they'll maybe ne- buy a different game <laughs> they'll ne- they will never make a decision based purely on morals uh because because <laughs> they are a, a giant company all right um that's it for news i think it's time for us to head into our chapter for the week what do you say i suppose so Brand new banger. Banger. Let's do it. (laughs) Was 
Were that what, what did you press two buttons or was that just <laughs> No, like I one sound. I I I've got the soundboard out and I was like we need we need some professional sounding drops. Uh-huh. Kind of got a radio show vibe, but I guess that's appropriate um for this chapter. Yeah. Chapter 20. It's called Xenophilius Lovegood. It's the next day. There, you know, Hermione went to bed mad, and Harry didn't expect her to not be mad anymore. So, she, no, so he's not surprised that she's just being a real bitch still. Um, <laughs> Hermione, he, <fuck. laughs> yeah, yep. Um, he has to like kind of because Ron's back, right? And we're we're like, yay, it's Ron. Um, and Harry, uh, sort of just like has to act a little somber just because Hermione is so mad. Uh, but he finds excuses to kind of sneak away with Ron um, to to debrief about everything that's happened in the last, what, two weeks. Um, when they when they talk, you know, things have taken a more positive tone. Uh, they manage to destroy a Horcrux, so they're emboldened by their success uh, and are sort of just debating, but more in a lighthearted way. Um, where the next one might be. Um, we get some exposition from Ron, who has learned some stuff after entering the wider world, one of which is the taboo. Voldemort has jinxed his name, so when anyone says his name, he it like destroys wards and he can just show up. Um, and Kingsley was almost was almost caught as a result of that. Um and that's and that's why they know about it. Um, but it was just kind of a coincidence that Harry and Hermione didn't uh, start saying Voldemort's name again. Uh, and Harry also tells them about the tells him about the snake thing that happened. Um, they are kind of talking about the sword um, and how that's really helpful that they have that now. And Ron sort of floats the idea that Dumbledore could be alive and maybe the doe was his Patronus. And Harry's like, nope, he's dead. Um, but it'd be really cool if he was watching over us. Um, Ron tells Harry uh, some more exposition that is about how there's a secret radio show uh, that is hard to tune into. And he, and he brought a radio with him. Um, and the secret radio show, they tell it like it really is. That's right. They t- they've got the real news. Um, uh, Hermione, meanwhile, has has been quiet and has been reading um, the Rita Skeeter book about Dumbledore uh, and finally approaches Ron and Harry and says, I want to go talk to Xenophilius Lovegood uh, because of Symbol. Uh, he had Symbol also take a look at this and we see the letter again uh, that Dumbledore wrote to Grindelwald. But this time we're noticing that um, the A in his name is a Deathly Hallows uh, or excuse me, the mysterious symbol. Um Harry doesn't really want to go, uh, but he's outvoted by Ron and Hermione. Ron probably because he's trying to suck up to Hermione to make her happy. Um, and they're like, but we don't know where they live. And Ron's like, well, my mom's always talking about where they live and pointing in a direction. So we'll definitely be able to find it. And, and gosh darn it, they sure did. And they uh, they apparated and found uh, the Lovegood house, which Ron explains um, looks like a rook. Um, it's a big, big tower, I guess. Um, when they're walking, Ron also talks about how he spent his time at Bill and Fleur's cottage um, instead of going home for Christmas. Uh, they they knock on the door and Xenophilius answers, uh, but he's like a little nervous and kind of tries to turn them away. But Harry insists uh, the house is, is pretty wacky um, and he leads them upstairs. And there's like an old fashioned printing press that's printing copies of the Quibbler Um they kind of ask where Luna is. Uh, and so he says like, oh, she's out 
uh, catching some some creatures. Um, but I'll go get her because she'll be happy to see you. Um, when he's gone, they kind of roast him for like printing in the quibbler that they want to help Harry. But then when it comes down to it, he doesn't want to help Harry. Um, he, Xenophilius returns uh, and they finally get around to saying, hey, here's what we're here for. What is the symbol? And Xenophilius says, oh, the Deathly Hallows? That's the end of the chapter. This, this is a book where the main characters that we know and love have mm. been abducted by aliens and replaced by new characters. And, yeah. and th- like, remember, remember when Mass Effect 3 came out and everyone hated the ending and there was the, there yes. was the indoctrination theory and everyone was like, the, the actual ending is that Shepard dies at this uh-huh. point in the game. And there are all these clues that, uh, that I've found that show that the whole last hour is fake. Cause he's, he's been, he's been brainwashed I do not remember that, but I love those theories. I love that kind of thing. Uh, they, they, no way this could be that bad. Yeah, that is what this is to me at this point. Mm-hmm. This is the, I'm 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 going crazy looking for clues, trying to figure out where did Harry get abducted by an alien, um, and and get replaced with this new character, and and likewise for everyone else in the in the trio. This is like we we've talked a lot recently about how these characters keep changing for the sake of like the allegory and stuff but Mm -hmm. this is a new low in that it can't even keep characters straight for like the allegory because now everyone is acting backwards even in the like bad boring allegorical world that the that the book suddenly became two chapters ago is this how J.K. Rowling just writes normal adults? I have very little interest in reading the Corman Strike books, yeah. but sometimes I want to just because I want to see how she writes ordinary adult people. Mm-hmm. Because she pretty heavily leaned into like character archetypes um, early on in the series. Yeah. And then also all of the adults in the series were like wacky, right? Yeah. Like Dumbledore had half moon spectacles and like talked like a weirdo. Well, they, they, all, and- they all had like very fun, um, one dimensional recognizable traits, right? Like McGonagall was the stern one and Dumbledore is the wise one. And like, uh, Snape is the mean one and, uh, uh, so on and so forth. Right. Like it wasn't really until Lupin that we got like a more, like fully fleshed out adult character that Harry could relate to. Cause he's, cause he can't relate to them cause he's a kid. Right. Like, right. Um, and so of course like that, that is how kids see adults, mm-hmm. right. A lot of the time it's like, Oh, that's my mean teacher. <laughs> so, you know? Uh, so that's, that's all good. Um, but at some point, and, and we've talked about this a lot in like the, uh, context of like the gender roles that yeah. the kid characters like fall into as they become adults, mm-hmm. Adults. I mean, they're 17, right? Um, But they're not really written like 17-year-olds, and they're not really written like adults either. They're written like aliens (laughs) that mostly just deliver exposition and, like, the themes and the allegory now. Um, But, like, what what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so... It's so, like... It is so dedicated to being the allegory that it can't even allow itself to be 
like a story at all because these characters have flopped completely in who they represent or like what POVs they represent in the allegory. Um, just because it's, I guess, more convenient to write them this way. Like Harry, Harry had a like full on, like breaking with the faith moment two chapters ago. Yes. He saw a deer and was like, okay, that's kind of sexy. I'm into God again now, I guess. Yeah. Because here, he is the one, even though, even though, like, in, you know, in, in the text, he says stuff like, oh, you know, he, he can't believe that Dumbledore is watching over them. He, he now is yearning for it. So, like, he, he does believe deep down. Um, and there's that moment where, where, like, Ron is like, I guess, I guess Dumbledore always knew I would run out on you. And Harry says, like, no, he always know, knew you'd come back. Right. And like, that is such an eye roller on its face anyway, but it's like a double eye roller because that's also <laughs> like Harry, like Harry's character. Like, oh, Dumbledore always knew, you know, he always believed that my faith would never really waver. Right. Like, it's so, it's dripping in this shit. And it's, it's so, it can't, it, we, we can't even get the allegory. Like, it's already resolved. We have all the pieces here. Harry, Harry and Ron believe in god and they're just a little shy about it i guess they're like is it is it gay to like god i can't yeah, say yeah but they're having like this loud. weird they're having this weird like youth pastor moment <laughs> where they're like ah shucks like i he's always watching over us isn't he ron yeah it's so bizarre and it's just like well it's not the characters right because that's never been their relationship right yeah they're not they're not two ah shucks kids at youth group ron, and never have ron been. literally looks at the ground and like kicks a rock with his feet like he's charlie brown in this <laughs> harry harry did not laugh at ron because he understood too well the longing behind the question the idea that dumbledore had managed to come back to them that he was watching over them would have been inexpressibly comforting he shook his head like he he has the faith it's it's in the faith is in you harry they're just <laughs> it just hits you over the head with it over and over and over again yeah and it's so sickly sweet after school special. That's in the, a way that Harry Potter never has been. That's the part that I really am having the biggest problem with, right? Is it's like these aren't I can accept squeezing the characters into into an allegory. If that is a story sure. you want to tell. Um but like the reason that you tell story allegorical stories is to like you know, make people uh, uh, buy into it and also, like, make it, like, deli deliver a story that, like, complements the allegory, right? And vice versa. But the problem is here, like, this isn't Ron. Ron's back, but, like, isn't behaving like Ron. Ron's never been this, like, I don't know, like you say, like, aw shucks. Like, he's leave it to Beaver here. Like, he's... <laughs> um. He's never behaved like this to the extent that I'm like, why isn't Harry paranoid? Like, if 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 this is Ron just acting weird because he's trying to win Hermione back, like, this is incredibly weird behavior for him. 
we know that Polyjuice Potion and Imperious Curses exist. Like, I'm shocked that Harry... I'm shocked that more of this chapter isn't Harry going like, is this even Ron? Because Ron is so weird here. But no, that is not the story. The story is that Harry and Ron are at, are at camp and are like, damn, I love God. Do you want to sing... Do you want do you want to sing a praise song together? And they're like, well, I don't know. That's a little, I, you know, sometimes it's a little embarrassing. A little embarrassing. But golly, I golly. I think that Jesus really loves us, and that feels pretty good. Ah, shucks. Like it, it, it really is so weird. It, it serves neither thing. It's not. It's not a good story, and it's not a good allegory. So I, I just sit here and go like, who are these characters? What's going on? Especially because the like. The teen story that's happening here mm-hmm. um, is like so it's running so counter to like the mature air that, uh, that they're putting on while they're talking about Dumbledore and God here. Um, like like, it, you know, it presents this as the, like, oh, it's, it's just it's just these the two two boys getting getting together, talking about their faith. Uh, and and being real real mature for their age thing here, but also like the whole reason they're doing this is because they're like, like the the girl is mad, and so they're like shirking off. They're like pretending to be working, so they don't have to hang around the girl and like talk to her. Like it's it's like if you like zoom out and see like what the what the story is right now, it's like. It, it completely shatters this like aw shucks illusion because like they're they're being little teenage shitheads right now, right? And again, like I I lo- I love a good teen drama, yeah, right? Yeah. But it, it it almost like kind of forgoes even that because it hints at like a love triangle jealousy thing happening, but it it almost like the book almost wants to scold you for wanting there to be character drama cause it's like <laughs> no that's bad these are these are the good these are the good youth group boys um and and harry thinks of hermione like a like a sister and that's just immediately resolved yeah. like like no you can't you can't have any like actual drama hermione's just being a bitch for no reason and none of the ways the characters are reacting and this has been like a consistent thing since Hmm, I, I'm trying to think of like what it what really like was the point where I f- I guess Ron leaving, right? Mm. Like the characters have never reacted in a way that feels like it fits the facts of what's happening. And I don't mean they're being like over emotional. No. It feels like they don't exist in the same story with the stakes as they're presented no, to us. Exactly. No, because. Uh, I I was thinking about this and like their because re- the reactions to Hermione here are played for like this is gender roles comedy right like yeah like, oh the 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 guys have gotta sheepishly talk around the girl when she's on her Aunt Flo's calling for Hermione <laughs> and she and she's on the rag so we've got to go and talk about God somewhere else right like the, it, it's really leaning yeah. into like that because it's 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 being very mean to her still like the text is um, but there's a version of that that I can almost see working if this story acknowledged ever who Hermione was. Like, it, like if, 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 if we had got to, gotten to book seven and it was just like, instead of being like a weird anomaly that no one talked about in book five, that Hermione was the Joker, right? 
<laughs> and they were like, okay, we've got to like go. We, like, like Hermione's in a mood. We've got to go, or she's gonna like put us in a jar, right? Like, I could, right. I could see a version of these events actually being kind of funny if the characters were allowed to be as like larger than life as they could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like th- this is this is the um. Uh, uh, the, the version of this where these characters, you know, it's a fantasy story and like, like a full on fantasy story. And like, I don't know, Hermione is literally a banshee or something. And they're like, okay, we've got to give the banshee some space because our heads will literally like, there, there's ways you can play with this exact dynamic that happens here where it's like, I mean, it would still be playing into like some shitty tropes. Right. But it's, it would at least be having fun with itself. Whereas mm-hmm. he, here it's like, no, Hermione is not the Joker. That's never actually been acknowledged by the story. She is just like normal teen girl, as far as we are concerned, or as we're supposed to uh, accept from the story right now. Um, so it's just being mean to her. It's just being like she's she's guilty and she's taking it out on the boys, uh, and it just doesn't. But it just doesn't match what has actually happened. Ron was gone for a couple weeks. She acted like he died. (laughs) Like they both did. Like can't say his name. Ron's dead. And then he comes back and she's guilty about breaking Harry's wand when they were fighting like a fucking Dark Souls boss. I just like I I feel I feel cast adrift by this story because I can't grab onto any of the characters <laughs> or events because no one reacts to anything correctly. Well, and also all of the events happen elsewhere and are just relayed to us. I mean, this thing that Ron, it is unbelievable the way that the taboo is actually revealed in this chapter. <laughs> like, like while they're having this like Calvin and Hobbes ass, like walk through the woods, Ron is mm-hmm. like, like, oh, by the way, how did you find out about the taboo? And Harry's like, what's that? And Ron's just like, oh, I found out a really important thing secondhand, which is that you can't say Voldemort anymore or they will come and find you. It's like, wow, what a cool fucking idea. It would be great to see that happen and to have characters figure it out rather than have Ron just like appear and be like, hey, guys, here's the information. Uh, here's the explanation for what happened a few chapters ago. Isn't that crazy? All right. Done with that one. Like, what the fuck? Why? It seems so it, it it seems so easy. You know, it seems <laughs> yeah. easy to me that they that they could do some fake outs and figure out the mystery of the taboo themselves yeah. somehow. It's like how do they keep finding us? We keep thinking we're safe and what do we keep doing that they they show up, right? Yeah. It's it's weird. It, no, it, it it feels like it honestly feels like all that stuff was like intentionally not made to be a mystery for the characters to solve because like this story is like railroading the characters into not knowing what to do and feeling lost and feel and losing their faith. You can't have any more mysteries because I need to get to the point where the characters say, there's no answers. There's no, I don't even know what we're doing anymore (laughs) because we have to get to that point. And so I need to strip it of any possible like questions uh, uh, for the characters to ask or something. I just don't think that those moments that it wants us to have are like serving the story no. in any way. No, no, I I, I feel lost and, and confused uh, by this story, but 
not because I don't <laughs> nothing to do with like a sense of faith. In, I mean, like, I guess I guess if if the goal was to make us lose faith in her as an author, congratulations, I fully have at this point, right? Like, like I don't I don't know what she was thinking with with some of this stuff. It's yeah, I I, I read this and it sure makes it seem like the first. I guess the first book and maybe the third. I'm 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 at the point where it is making me look back and be like, anything good was just like a fucking fluke. Like I, <laughs> like this is crazy. Well, it really is. Like, um, we we've we've talked a lot about like here's our ideas, here's our rewrites for these books. A lot of the time, um, because there's lots of stuff that like feels like oh, you could tweak it, you could change the way the mystery works, you could tweak the genre stuff a little bit. But those are really big pie in the sky. Like th- that's just us being us and like talking about what we like in stories, right? For the most part, mm-hmm. um, I think here it becomes a-, a slightly more objective question of like, where, why are so many things being left on the table? Because these are easy gimmies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more more so than me just like wishing that like oh book five was a little more focused and what which genre it was trying to be or like oh I wish that the mystery in book four was arranged differently so I I, I felt more suspense right like those are more just like subjective criticisms at the end of the day but here I'm like hey this story is not finished and there are all these like obvious threads that are just going nowhere or or like never went anywhere in the first place like like the taboo thing it's like how do you write a survival mystery adventure novel with the potential idea hey what if when the characters say a word the bad guy knows where they are <laughs> and not actually use that for anything like it's used i guess one exactly once when they're in tottenham court road um but that's it's not like it's not a force for driving the story and mystery forward even though we have like four fucking chapters after that of them camping and trying to figure out what to do that would be perfect for like i don't know a couple of chase sequences right or or, mm-hmm. or like hiding from death eater sequences it's not that it's not that i wish that like you know it was slightly different it's like i'm wondering where's the fucking story right yeah yeah it is um baffling baffling from that perspective yeah, I, I the more I read this book, the more I'm feeling like this is a draft that you just scrapped the whole thing. And maybe you pull out some ideas like that, like the taboo and all of that. But the, I, I don't understand how this story is like constructed at all. Like, why is the why is the story not that in this world where in this book we have seen Polyjuice Potion, Imperious Curses? Uh, uh, we we know that Veritas Serum exists. We know so many ways to manipulate truth in a story where Harry is like wondering, like, damn, where's where? What is the truth? Where is the truth? What is truth? What is the daily is the Daily Prophet reporting the truth? Like that is central to the story, and yet Ron disappears for two weeks, comes back, <laughs> behaves entirely differently, and Harry's just like, damn, it's Ron. Cool, like. What? We we don't get we don't even get like lip service to the idea that like oh Harry Harry wonder whether Ron was in polyjuice mode but then he did something that reassured him or whatever like nothing like that. 
just just full on blindly accepting that this is that this is Ron. And like there's nothing in here that suggests it isn't in the text. It's just that like because this this chapter is written so poorly, it doesn't come across like Ron. But that's a really obvious like mystery to put in your mystery novel, right? Like, oh, well, you know, here's some suspense. Are the characters who they say they are? We don't even get that. I I yeah, it's Top to bottom. I mean, Ron is acting really weird. Yeah. I mean, the, all the characters are, right? Yeah. Ron Ron coming back and being himself but weird is, I, I feel like, my my um, my zombie Dumbledore moment <laughs> of this book, where I'm like, please let that be the twist, right? Like, please let Harry be so stupid yeah. and excited to see Ron that he doesn't notice that Ron is behaving really oddly. And then... I think the like the other part would be him not going back to his parents' house. Like that's very suspicious. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. Like the the problem is is that 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 this is all really cool stuff that could have worked in previous Harry Potter books because like that was a theme in Harry Potter books mm-hmm. is that like Harry is too trusting. Um, right. Harry's faith has gotten him into trouble a lot in this series. Uh, especially like faith in teachers, right? Like, right. Like that is the central theme of book four. Um, and why I think book four is still as, as much as it is like, uh, you know, n- not the best book in the series. I think it is maybe the most interesting in that, like, I think that Barty Crouch is just like the scariest villain the series ever had. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the most, most relatable. Um, but the, the, the to the reason that we don't get those things even though they like these things feel obvious to us because six out of seven books have trained us to be suspicious of characters acting weird right like mm-hmm. quirrell uh uh, uh Lock, lockhart serious in a reverse sense right like he's he's actually better mm-hmm. than he comes off uh right barty crouch jr and moody uh book five umbridge uh, uh and 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 you know, authority you know trusting authority book six malfoy like like for once harry's suspicions about malfoy pay off right like like this this the faith that harry has had has gotten him into a lot of trouble but because this is now a christian allegory rather than a story <laughs> about like becoming an adult and becoming and like becoming more like cynical and jaded, right? It's it all those elements are still there, but they're not actually part of the story, and so it just feels insane. Cause it's 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 the reverse story now. It's about how like having faith is good in a religious sense rather than a like blindly trusting individual people sense. But like all these things Harry keeps doing, like following a deer in the middle of the woods alone in the middle of the night and just accepting like oh yes this is ron ron's back uh are just like blaring klaxons of like hey here's a here's where the story could be interesting and at all but it's not because it has to be a different allegory (laughs) yeah and i mean like there's a i I also think that along with like just the characters acting weird and and feeling like that sets off alarm bells that aren't actually real and aren't supposed to be there i think that's the, like the way the facts of the story are laid out um are so poorly thought out and so like poorly written i guess that 
they should be suspicious, right? right? Like Ron having a spare wand very conveniently. Yeah. Because he thought it would be handy, which is an idea that we is like completely foreign mm-hmm. and and is like opposed to everything we know about wands in general. Everything that this um, chapter says about wands, even. Right. And so to just have him be like, oh, well, yeah, I got in a fight. I also happened to keep one of their wands. Like, that's so suspicious, yeah. right? Like, that yep. is like, like, what does he know? And who is this guy? Yeah. But no, it just they just needed Harry to have a wand. <laughs> Ron quotes Shakespeare in this chapter. Like, <laughs> who is this? This is not Ron. I I don't I don't know. I don't know why why this is happening or why any of this is happening or why all the characters just buy it. And the answer is because they have to, because the story, because and, and they're right. And they're right. Right. Exactly. They, they have to buy it because there's no question because this is a story and it needs to continue in the way that JK Rowling wants it to, which is to be uh, the partner's tale. Um, w- let's talk about Ron speaking of, and this like journey to the, to the love goods that they take where he explains what he did over the, um, you know, over the Christmas break while he was gone. Cause on top of being suspicious. Yeah. It is also like, like, like forgetting that like it is insanely suspicious in a world where this story was allowed to do anything cool. Um, he is presenting this. Like it's like a, a, it's, it's like, like it's a, um, uh, an honorable detail that, that mm. will win win his friends trust back when he says mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you thought I was like kicking it at the burrow over Christmas, you fucking idiots! I was actually even more of a coward than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> I couldn't even do that. I actually went to a different place so they wouldn't ask me what was up." And he just says, and it's "I like, went to hang out with my cool brother that won't give me any give me any trouble." <laughs> Like that is so sad, and it, but it's presented like, oh, this is actually some. Uh, oh yeah, but where have you been then? Asked Hermione, surprised, and like, why? Why is she like? Why is that not just like the final nail in the coffin for like <clears throat> fuck Ron? Honestly, like he just he, <laughs> he couldn't even face the music with his family. He just like went went to his like his older brother's place and just, just sat there like incredibly pathetic. If this is especially, this is supposed to be like Ron coming back was supposed to be like, Oh wow. That's the paragon of bravery. And Dumbledore always knew you had the bravery in you. And it's like, really? Cause he couldn't even go home. Like <laughs> he's, he was a loser this whole time up until I guess the very last second when he decided to stab that Horcrux. Also sort of news to me that Hermione just thought he was chilling at home. If that's the case, then why, why was she so upset? Oh my god. Fuck, I didn't even think of that. Yes, because she's... Her whole argument was like, oh, we thought I thought you were dead. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, you weren't just chilling at home for Christmas? <sighs> it's insanely suspicious that he doesn't want to go to the borough. Yeah, and, and also, like, it's suspicious, this, like, name drop of this new location we don't know. We don't know anything about where Bill and Fleur live. Yeah. Other than him telling us right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And also, very convenient that the Lovegoods live next to the borough. That was the other thing that was very funny. Was it like very convenient that when Molly ever mentions them, she points yeah, in the direction oh, thank, that they live. Thank God that Molly, Molly <laughs> acts like a, like a fucking Morrowind NPC and is just like <laughs> points where you need to go. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's uh, that's really something. Um, the, the world feels so tiny. The yeah. idea that it, Luna was just their neighbor the whole time is so. So weird. Oh, we'll just teleport around until we find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm going to have hit all my fast travel points until I remember which one triggers the quest. It's also like, it's very video gamey in that um, they like walk through the village and are like, maybe that's their house. And Hermione's like, no, they like... No, it wouldn't. It would be a much weirder house than that. Like it's like when you're like looking for a house in a video game, and like of course it has to stand out because the quest giver is there. Yeah. Speaking of the house, uh, yeah, this is like the smallest thing broke my mind reading this chapter, and it had nothing to do like like you know I'm I'm, I'm talking about all these crazy like allegory fumbles and weird character behaviors, but none of that was really what what broke me. It was Ron describing the the castle as a rook. Mm-hmm. And Hermione going, that doesn't look like a bird. And Ron, I guess, flexing his know-how on her by saying, like, oh, <laughs> uh, rook like a castle rook. And what what is the point of this exchange? The line is even worse than that. I think this might be... I'm not trying to exaggerate here. I think this might be the worst dialogue exchange in the whole series. Yeah, I think it might be up there. So this is Ron. That's got to be Luna's house. Who else would live in a place like that? It looks like a giant rook. It looks, it's nothing like a bird, said Hermione, frowning at the tower. I was talking about a chess rook, said Ron. A castle to you. Let's go, 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 go. What the fuck is he talking about? First of all, how does Hermione not know what a chess rook is? I know she doesn't. I mean, I get. I, I actually, I don't know if she doesn't play chess. Is chess like the boy thing? Is that the implication here? Is that that girl girls don't know what games are? Is this Gamergate? I think there might be like a. I think there might. <laughs> I think there might be like a throwaway line in one of the early books, if I'm remembering right. But it wasn't that. She doesn't know how to play chess. I think it was like literally that she wasn't very good at it. Yeah. And it was sort of like a comment on her like only really engaging in stuff if she was going to win, right. you know? Yeah. Which is very like early Hermione, yeah. right? Like she's like, oh, I'm not good at like I I have no interest in this because I'm not just going to beat you every time. Um, but that kind of implies that she knows how to play. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, I think, because, like, I know that she's not, um, well, I was about to say I know that she's, like, not as into Quidditch as they are, but also she, like, goes to every game, right? So she's, like, involved uh-huh. with it. So she she knows, like, what all the Quidditch stuff is. Sure. Even if she's not, like, a huge fan. Um, I feel like it's a lot, I feel like you don't have to be into chess to know what the chess terms are. Like the, I, the, the, I would say chess terms are used very often, figuratively, in, in fiction and otherwise, and, as evidenced by them being here. Yeah, Hermione being, like, the most avid reader in the series, I 
have a very hard time believing that she's never come across a chess metaphor. Yeah, I, like, I don't want to do an own on anyone that doesn't know that the castle is called a rook. No. But it is pretty common knowledge. It's pretty common, but but it's also, like, such a, like, bizarre exchange for these characters to have. Like, Yeah, I guess that's really what, what the issue is, right? Because, like, we know that Ron likes chess. Because he, yeah. like, 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 you know, in the early books, that was, like, one of his defining, like, char- like in book one, like, he, he literally plays, like, a real-life chess game to, like save the day right um but like i i don't (sighs) the way it's presented here is that like chess is like a really esoteric thing that like hasn't permeated the culture like i don't know it wasn't it wasn't like he walked up to it and said like damn that looks like a, a needlessly large rod and Hermione was like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, I guess you don't play League of Legends, Hermione. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not, it's not something that is like for, for hardcore nerds only or like requires a lot of, no- it's like, like I said, like chess is like a, especially in, you know, in like ye olde English stuff, which is like all Hermione reads, pretty weird to not know what the chess pieces are called. Wizards have like four games. <laughs> they have, go- yeah, gobstones, chess, and uh, Quidditch and Exploding, Exploding Snap. Snap. Yes, okay, those are literally those the are the four, four games. games. <laughs> That's it. I, I'm gonna get like sucked down the drain if we talk about this too much because this really did. I I got stuck on this one. I was like, this is a totally bizarre exchange for these characters. Yeah, this is like this this exchange outside of whether or not Hermione would know what a rook yeah. is. Um, and also just her maybe ability to use context clues to be like, no, that's <laughs> right. not a bird. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't look like a bird, so that's probably not what he She's means. She's behaving like Luna here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, but outside of that, like, and and me trying to zoom out and figure out why this wasn't, like, crossed out upon first revision, frankly. <laughs> um is that there are like a couple spots in this chapter where the characters are doing the thing that I have previously referred to as a kind of fan fiction thing, which is a thing that happens when you write someone else's characters. It's very common where you like signal facts about them as yeah. you're writing, yeah. right? Like I'm Ron and I love to play chess, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and the only thing that I can really get from this is that it, it feels like it's a self-awareness moment that J.K. Rowling has lost complete control of who these characters are supposed to be, doesn't know what to do with them now that they're different and like older and not acting like themselves. And so there are multiple places in this chapter where they do that thing, where they say trivia about themselves. And that is the only explanation I can come up with as to why Ron in this moment has to remind us that he's good at chess because that's like thing we know about him. I mean, it happens again earlier in this chapter too, where Ron is like, "Hey, I am afraid of spiders." Hey, Harry, do you not remember? I am the one who is afraid of spiders. I am. Af- oh, I am sorry, my friend Ron. I forgot that you were afraid of the spiders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It. It. Yeah. It, yeah. Signaling. I, I'm not sure how to describe it exactly, but you, you're totally you're totally on on it. Like the the characters don't behave like the characters. They just say 
like the wiki facts about the characters that they're supposed to be, right? Like Right. And and even Hermione, and this is less so because it's still propelling the plot forward, but if you think about all the times that like uh Ron and Harry are having like their their like youth group uh, <laughs> circle and talking about God, Hermione is essentially spending all that time just like in her idol animation reading. <laughs> yeah. Just and I'm like, how many days have gone by that she's it. just like reading? Yeah, I'm Hermione, and I like to read. I'm Ron, and I'm scared of spiders and play chess. Which, honestly, like Ron signaling those two facts about his character again just feed into him feeling really suspicious yeah. coming back. Yep. Yeah, that's a good. Feels point. like he studied up. <laughs> yeah, he's he's letting them know that he knows the two facts about Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I will say. The house is pretty cute. Yeah, this is like the the only um the only light shining through here. Yeah, yeah. I think this is some this is some yieldy J.K. Rowling writing. Yeah, where the like magical house is pretty funny and charming. It's really cute. It's like yeah. it's a rook, and so they go inside, and it's all round on the inside, and all the furniture is curved around the walls, and it's all painted, and he's got like funky crap everywhere it's really it's really cozy and cute i i like Mm -hmm. this i like this moment for sure um uh although i i will say i there's a thing here where it says that uh uh you know harry thought he recognized luna's style when he's talking about like the paintings Mm -hmm. and i know that like luna's creative because we've seen her with like the funny hat and stuff right i didn't realize that she was a painter until this point maybe i missed that in an earlier earlier book but i thought that i don't don't think so i think it was always dean that was drawing the banners and stuff yeah yeah i uh i i I didn't i didn't quite pick that up but uh but cute cute really cute intro scene i think Mm -hmm. that's about all i have good to say about it yeah well because everything else that happens in here is completely nutty like these characters are taking everything on blind faith all the time um, yes. Everyone is behaving suspiciously, but that's because they're written badly. Here we have them facing a character who is written suspiciously on purpose, who is acting very suspiciously, and they still don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. Very meta reading experience for me, this part. <laughs> because yeah. Xenophilius here is so obviously, like, under duress, right? Like, it is... Uh, it is kind of silly how how blindly they they just go along with his his shtick here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he does betray them, right? Is is what's going on? But he does try to turn them away, right? Well, yes, like, you need to get he, out of he, here. He betrays them, but like not because he wants to. It's because they've kidnapped his daughter, right? Like he's right. He's being coerced. He's, a, he's he is a trap being set for set for Harry mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um. Uh. And. It's very, it's specifically the fact that, like, he's like, oh, Luna is outside somewhere. I will go get her. And then, like, leaves her bit and then comes back and is like, oh, she's still outside, that cr- that crazy daughter of mine. And it's like, okay, <laughs> how did, how did no one see this red flag? Which, I like, would be a cute, you know, twist setup if... Um, they hadn't also just had an experience where uh, a snake came out of a lady who was behaving strangely, right? Like, they have a lot of reasons to be suspicious about people acting anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, the ways in which they're suspicious are always the most... Bo- like, I have a lot of fatigue from the um, 
the going through the motions every time that they get ready to do something mm. where they, where it has to be, we have to like re up on all this stuff, right? Like we have to re up on the wards. We have to re up on the invisibility. Yeah. Cloak, we have to re up on the polyjuice potion. I have, I have very little patience for that. Like for that kind of stuff. And, and yet the book will always go back to that to try to like remind me, Oh, they're being cautious. Oh, they're being nervous. Harry will point out last time we went somewhere, there was a snake inside of a lady. But then when it comes to like the actual character interactions and the scene that we're interested in seeing, that stuff is just gone. Yeah, all and that's, they're just like, we will trust this guy. All that's all of that stuff is there for us, not for the characters to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, that is very frustrating. Um, Anyway, the core of this whole scene, because we don't actually get his Deathly Hallows explanation until next chapter, is the Quibbler versus the Daily Prophet versus uh, the Resistance Krasenstein's podcast that uh, <laughs> that Ron listens to. Yeah. Um, what do you make of this whole... I, I realize this is sort of like a lot of... <laughs> elements that I'm bringing together here, but it, it's kind of all yeah. tied into one theme. What do you what do you make of whatever the fuck's going on here? I was really hoping that sometime between uh, last night and this morning uh, recording, <laughs> I was going to synthesize some sort of thesis um, <laughs> statement about um, the the podcast, Ron's cool podcast, um, and and the news and the fake news and all. And I got nothing. This is like such a mishmash. And the best I can, like, get to is just J.K. Rowling doing that thing where she just, like, gestures vaguely at real-world stuff, but, like, won't commit to anything. So it's just a hodgepodge of nothing. Yeah, I mean, that was the problem I had, which is that, like, thinking about this in the context of when it was written in, like, you know, the mid-2000s honestly makes it more confusing, Mm-hmm. Because the the different pieces of rhetoric she's pulling from are all in like direct opposition to each other, and I suppose yeah. that the real answer is that she didn't think about them thematically at all, and just like saw a thing and flipped it into her story with like you know kind of haphazardly. But the one that really sticks out to me is that, like, okay, so they talk about the Quibbler and how the Quibbler has been telling people to support Harry Potter, we need Harry Potter, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when they ask him for help, he's hesitant, and they go on this whole very out-of-character tear on, like, damn, so it is, it is okay for him to say to everyone else to behave one way, but when we ask him to behave way, he says no way. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> Checkmate. Um, and the thing is, is like, I, I was thinking like, what, what is this referring to? And like in the mid two thousands, you would see that rhetoric a lot, but it wasn't like an earnest question. It was a rhetorical device about like, you know, all, all these, all these, you know, senators are voting for the war. All the, all these politicians are supporting the war, but they won't send their kids over. Right. Like, that's a different observation. That's not literally saying like I want to see Tony Blair out there with an M16, right? Like it's it's <laughs> it's it's pointing out a different hypocrisy there. So it's weird to see that one pop up in this context when like that rhetoric was to a device to point out that the war is bad and that everyone knows it's bad but they're supporting it for, you know, 
ulterior motives. But Harry's war is good because it's against an evil Nazi snake man. And that's never yeah. been in question. And so right. that 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 pulling that rhetoric into this, like I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, oh, I'm outraged at her, you know, flipping that. But I'm just like, I'm confused. I'm like, what? So what are you, what do you mean exactly? Like what what is 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 this on purpose? Because that's that is like the first thing that comes to mind when I read that exchange and think about when this was written. Um and uh it doesn't get any clearer, really. I, I guess it just doesn't like this is another case where I feel like what they're expressing is just like completely mismatched to what's going on mm-hmm. because because really at the end of the day he is printing and uh, I guess it's not an illegal newspaper but it isn't it isn't even really like he's being a hypocrite no because he's putting himself at literal risk yeah he's he well he he's put himself at risk past tense his daughter's been kidnapped he's being threatened for inciting uh rebellion right like. He's Xenophilius is being pretty brave here, really. Right, and and then to have them, uh, he's also helping them. Yeah, like I mean, he he's luring them into a trap, and they don't know that. But he's also inviting them in, and he's going to give them the information. So to have this weird, like intermission part where they talk about like, oh, he just uh, like he keeps tweeting it out but he won't he won't actually do anything <laughs> tweets aren't activism right. xenophilius i'm just like wh- what yeah yeah it's which is also I, I like i have to say like i want to bring it back to the resistance podcast that ron listens to which is an illegal broadcast yeah. presumably that is opposed to voldemort and has to operate in secret so it has already been recognized by the chapter, how dangerous and valuable it is to broadcast the quote-unquote real news. Yeah. So to flip that around to another guy who is doing the literal same thing and broadcasting the real news in the Quibbler, and to say like, oh, but this isn't like real activism because you won't help us when we show up at your front door is bizarre. It's really strange. Yeah, it's it's um, it's also weird because like. <laughs> the the like the thing ron says about this this cool this cool resistance podcast he listens to he's like wow yeah uh pod save the pod johns are so cool pod save america guys (laughs) it's so crazy Uh they'll record an episode then they have to go undercover because the because you know if they get found out they'll be in big trouble and so like ron not only is accepting you know is aware of like the the danger of uh uh you know t- telling it like it is or whatever he also is like in direct contact with a thing where they like they dip you know like they, they for their own safety they will they will dip uh, uh right and it, it like he thinks that's badass when they do it but when he when, <laughs> when they come when they come face to face not like it's it's funny that it's it's almost like the exact opposite reaction most people would ha- would have where like if you if you saw someone face to face make that decision you would judge them in the specific and and be pretty empathetic generally right like yeah of course you would go into hiding whereas with a podcast where it's just like content he's consuming <laughs> I would I would honestly expect him to judge it more generally like yeah those guys those guys say they're the resistance but they have they, you know they'll they won't put out episodes for like three weeks they won't say their real name because yeah because they have an anime profile pic <laughs> exactly 
exactly right like <laughs> you would expect it to be that way around rather than like damn damn i love pod save america uh uh and right, i right for, versus like them knocking on Xenophilius's door, which already is like probably making him a criminal, right? Like he, Harry him takes not off, reporting. Harry that- takes off the invisibility cloak. Hermione's like, "Hey, take off the invisibility cloak." Show, show. Uh, he's inviting like an enemy of the state into his house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Edward Snowden is showing up at Xenophilius's house, more or less, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane for them to expect. Uh, and, and like, again, it's not even that they're, like, being, like, you know, selfish teenagers who don't understand, you know, the, the risks that these characters are going through, right? Because they're, they're not behaving like teens here. It's not, a story, no. it's not a story about them, like, expecting too much of everyone else around them. It's just, like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's not that, right? It's also very funny. I, obviously, I'm glad that they're just going to go talk to someone in person to deliver the exposition. But it, like, maybe if this were a story about how they were putting people at risk and not really thinking about it, that would work. Because uh, frankly, I feel like finding out what the Deathly Hallows is something that uh, maybe they could just like go to a library and look it up. I mean, it's a lot more boring. But <laughs> but mechanically, um, yeah. Right. Why? Why does it have to be Xenophilius? Crumb. He had the necklace. Yeah, but, but like, but like, Crumb also knows what it is, right? Is Crumb too biased? Is it, uh, oh, I wish we were going to see Crumb. Oh. That would be. That would also just be like drama. Good, right. the Hermione Ron thing. If, yeah. if Hermione was mad all day and was like, "I want to go see Victor Crumb," that would be great. Ha- and we've already seen Victor Crumb in this book. Yeah. What? Yeah. What if Harry's like, "Hey, I know who talked about the Deathly Hallows and had a lot of opinions about it. It was Victor Crumb." And Hermione's like, "Oh yes, let's go see Victor Crumb." And maybe you know, maybe. Maybe it's like a little flip to from where it is here, where maybe she is sort of like wielding that against Ron a little bit, or maybe Ron feels like it's being wielded against him. Also, maybe Harry has to have an argument with Ron after him coming back, right? And they have to like test their friendship again and be like, okay, like like you said you were back and on board, are you gonna walk out on me again? You know, like right. yeah, there's that's. There's easily ten much ten times as much juicy drama in that idea than uh, than doing than just going to Xenophilus, who's for all intents and purposes a new character, right? Yeah. God, uh, I want that. God, more. I wish it was. I wish it was Crumb. That'd be so much cooler. You know why they can't do that is because he would insist to come along and be like, "Hell yes, you are going to you are going to kill Voldemort." <laughs> I grab. I get wand. We will. We will fucking murk this man. Like, fuck Grindelwald, fuck Voldemort. That's it would be too easy. He would, we would just get badass Crumb along for the ride. That's what I, I, I want that. Victor Crumb is way too cool for this. Story. That's, Victor Crumb is the coolest guy in Harry Potter. <laughs> he's, he is he he he's a, a star athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. He uh, is he he tells it like it is. He has very strong political beliefs, and he loves the ladies. <laughs> uh-huh. He's the—that's he, right. He's the coolest dude in Harry Potter. Dudes, ro- Crumb rocks. Like Crumb is the dudes rock king of Harry Potter, and we don't get to see enough of him. And I want him back. That's wonderful. I will kill Voldemort like Grindelwald killed Baby. <laughs> Not a second thought. No remorse. <laughs> I will blow him away. 
Yeah, he also gets to learn the dark arts at um at Durmstrangs. They teach them. That's there. right. That's right. Ah, uh, he rules. He'd be, yeah, he's like a good guy. De- he, fuck, he's like a he's like the he's like the Sith everyone wants. He he's like the the good Jedi who has the cool powers. He's like Goku. He gets he gets more powerful when he gets madder. <laughs> give us give us give us that. Krom is so fucking cool. Yeah. He's too he's too he's simply too cool for this story. He is too mm-hmm. he is too idealistic. He is too many uh concrete political opinions for a character in this story. <laughs> oh, he was gonna beat the shit out of Xenophilius for wearing a swastika at a wedding. Yeah, he was. He was so yep. he's so fucking cool. And instead yep. we're going to Xenophilius' house to ask, like, hey, what was the deal with the swastika on your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your side of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. I didn't even think of that until just now. That's yeah. What a missed opportunity for for the coolest guy in Harry Potter to come back. Yeah, like I think this like scene is kind of cute. Like the house is kind of cute, and obviously I like Luna. I don't care about this old newspaper guy. No, no. I don't care about the CEO of Weekly World News or whatever. <laughs> but like good Weekly World. That's the th- I just don't know what the fuck axe she has to grind. Like I'm trying to figure it out because it's like it started and it was like her axe to grind against like the paparazzi. Yeah. And now it's been like converted into this weird. I, I mean, I guess it's like the the destruction of liberal values and we've lost the free press. And here's the night. Here's the nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. And I guess what happens when you lose the free press is that there's like a um, uh, an outlawed podcast and that they have to like write the real news in the weekly world news. Yeah. So it's hidden. But also that guy's a coward. Yeah. It's, it's so confusing. <laughs> the Daily Prophet was bad before. That's the Yeah, right. Like the the. The Daily Prophet has been a stand-in both for, like, uh, right-wing newspapers, but also, like, tabloid rags, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it has already been both things that also the Quibbler has been. It's similar to the characters. The characters can't be consistent, and neither can the symbols. Themes, characters, and facts. None of these things can be kept straight in this in this book. <laughs> No, but what we do know is that the letter in Rita Skeeter's book, written by Albus Dumbledore, definitely was because Harry recognizes the handwriting. He recognizes, and no one could fake handwriting in this. Just like no one can it's wear- never happened. No one could wear polyjuice. Uh, no, no one can can uh, uh, get imperious, and no one can fake handwriting, so it's cool. That's the fact. That's the letter. It's real. Dumbledore. Oh, that's the other thing. Speaking of, just, just to close this segment out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like mixed metaphors, yeah, I love that this is a um, Dumbledore's God story and also a cancel culture story. J.K. Rowling was so primed for getting canceled, even in two thousand seven. <laughs> she was ready. This ready to get canceled. I love that this is a story where Dumbledore is God, but also people are trying to cancel God because he was a Nazi when he was a teenager. And Harry just needs to learn that, hey, that was a long time ago. <laughs> this is, again, just like, these these books love to do this, like, fake scenario, like, this, this like, like thought thought experiment where it's like, it's, is it okay to, <sighs> to, uh, to keep a slave if the slave... <laughs> is evil <laughs> and, and or or like 
or if they like it. And this is just like, what if you canceled someone, but they were God? <laughs> what if? What if God? Why, was why a, do we have to do? What this? if God was a Nazi? <laughs> 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 just for a little bit, but you know, is like, is this her version of Job? Is this is this is this her like? Hey, you know, sometimes it seems like God does some fucked up stuff, but on the whole, is that like her weird read on what Job means? I that's the only thing I can think of. Did she go through a weird phase when she was a teen that she was like worried about? <laughs> I just don't know what, what where this came from. Again, similar to what I was saying before, I actually really like the idea of like, um. Harry having to grapple with uh, Dumbledore having like bad shit in his past, right? Yes, because th- like that's a great story, and I think also, I I I think that there is real interesting like characterful potential in the idea that like yeah, Dumbledore used to be really bad, but then he, you know, he sorted his shit out and uh, has devoted his life to like fighting what he used to be. I think that is a like cool idea for a character. Um, but as we, you know, have outlined many times is that J.K. Rowling's weird idea of, like, Dumbledore's redemption here is that, like, instead of, like, wanting to claim hard power through being a fascist, uh, he, he turned his back on that lifestyle and instead just absorbed every piece of soft power he could get as, like, a liberal, uh, uh, figurehead, which, like, doesn't, isn't better. It's, he still has the exact same amount of power, if not more, right? Like, it's, uh, it's very silly. Yeah. What a mess. What a fucking mess. I say that every week now. Every week, but I think especially this week, it is just, it's not good. It's not good. This chapter... I know I said I described the um, characters signaling their traits yeah. as like fan fictiony. Yeah. And again, I'm going to use fan fiction in sort of a pejorative sense um, uh, for the effect that this chapter felt like, which is when someone is writing a fan fiction and they don't really know what to do next, but you also want to keep your audience engaged. And because the way you're writing fan fiction is sort of like serialized, right? You're just mm-hmm. releasing it a chapter at a time. Yeah. This chapter felt like that. Like she didn't really like know what she wanted to write here, but just needed to put out a chapter for the week. <laughs> well, especially because it ends on such a silly cliffhanger. It's like she couldn't, she didn't know when she wrote this what the Deathly Hallows were going to be, but they had to like get closer to it. So it's, it's like a, the Deathly it's a, Hallows. It's a, yeah, it's a cliffhanger for her, the writer. Like, damn, yeah. that sounds cool. I better leave it there. Um, this is a complex story. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's right. Um, all right. I think it's probably time for us to leave this insane chapter behind us and take a quick break before we come back for our third segment. What do you say? Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, we are now, what, three, two, two weeks out from the video game reveal? 
of, yeah. of Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy. Mm-hmm. The game that everyone wanted, the game everyone's talking about. And some something has happened on the subreddit that we visited last week, and we'll be visiting <laughs> again this week, that I always love because it is like, it is the inevitability of games hype, where we waited for like two years to see this thing finally. <laughs> And everyone was very excited and relieved, but now everyone is waiting for more. Uh, everyone is already getting antsy, and uh, 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 some some factions are um, dividing uh, between different fans with different ideas and different hopes and dreams. The people on the subreddit who who loyally stood by, waiting to see. Uh, uh, you know, whether the game was real, what it would be, have basically plunged back into the abyss that they were in before the announcement. As <laughs> as what happened, you know, this this is where the cyberpunk fandom is. Uh, uh, three days after every trailer, this is where um, Smash Bros. fans are all the time. This is this is where everyone is. Uh, 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 crave, craving news for the things uh, that, that they care about. Um, and I'm thrilled to say that the subreddit has only gotten funnier since we last looked at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to um, read it a little bit in the early, early reactions. Yeah. Because uh, they they were all like flying high immediately after the reveal. But also just some of the funniest um, like speculations being completely reasonable, right? Yeah. And in some ways, like sort of outdated. Yeah. Like, like the bar is on the floor, and <laughs> but the gamer, the gamer frenzy, the gamer anguish that happens um, when people are really waiting, waiting for something is um, delightful, to, delightful to see. It's going to happen until the end of time. What is your favorite example of a game that had like a long development cycle? Were there any that you watched? Um, and can think of and just like watching the the extreme gamer anguish and people working <laughs> themselves up so much that they're going to ruin ruin it for themselves. Yeah, I mean this happens a lot, right? We talked about it a little bit on um common room last week about the Mario collection even. Mm-hmm. Um uh, people who had like convinced themselves that Galaxy 2 would be an unlock uh uh once you beat all three games or whatever yeah, uh-huh um but yeah i'm trying to think there's there's i mean i've definitely been part of them too as like a teenager and stuff i'm trying yeah. to think of like i think the the um the one that i think set cuz cuz the thing is um similar to like when we talk about the book stuff and how people crave a twist right mm-hmm. um, yeah that only happens because that does happen sometimes, right? Right. Um, and, like, the precedent is set. Like, it is possible, theoretically, for some huge out-of-left-field surprise to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think the one that I can think of that just sort kind of, like, set the bar for, like, making people think that this is a reasonable expectation for a game mm-hmm. is when Pokemon Gold and Silver had all of Kanto in it as well as Johto at the end. Oh yeah. Right? Like like when I was a kid, that was one of the most mind-blowing like like surprises I'd ever experienced in a game. Just like holy shit, they put 
everything. They put the whole world in. <laughs> they put the whole world in the game. And like looking back on it now, it's very funny because like you you realize that like oh it was pretty bare bones compared to the actual red blue games. There's not much to actually do there. Um, but it's still just like it was it was uh, such a surprising thing. Um, it, uh, it was I think like. A revolutionary idea to my little kid brain. Totally, to like, yeah. There's end game in a Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the other one I can remember setting that precedent. Um, obviously, I mean the obvious one is like Metal Gear Solid Two has the big twist, right? Um, mm-hmm. And like uh, 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 the one I I was really keen on and experienced was the like in Halo Two, you mostly play as an elite uh, the whole time, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, th- these things set a, a an expectation where, uh, even if it's not even, like, a gameplay-related thing, like, I I remember before Breath of the Wild came out, people were speculating, like, oh, I bet this isn't the whole map. I bet there's a whole other map that you <laughs> can go to. And, of course, that's not true. That would be insane. That map is huge. Like, like that would be ridiculous. Um But, yeah, like, there, there, are, there are just enough of those surprises dotted throughout games that I think it 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 excites people, uh, 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 and like gets them jazzed up for like, uh, like the potential uh, for like more and more of those surprises down the line, um, uh, and that's always fun. I think. Yeah, can I tell you mine? Yeah, absolutely. Sort of working in the opposite direction, which totally. is that um, I observed the fandom and the anticipation over an extremely long development cycle. Uh, and it was for star Wars with the old Republic. Mm, <laughs> Do yes. you remember that? Oh yeah. I remember a lot. I, maybe you can help me with something specific. Sure. Actually, uh-huh. because I have a vivid, hilarious memory of an early, I think like beta footage thing from that game where they were showing off the storytelling. Yeah. And I vividly remember an early cutscene. Where a character runs up to someone and like slaps their arm with a big needle, <laughs> uh-huh. and the character responds, "Stop that! What did you inject me with?" And it was at the time even just one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in a video game presentation. <laughs> Do you remember this? Is this is this I don't ringing a bell? That okay, specifically. Let's, uh, yeah, I was just curious because that that's what I'm always thinking about. But what what was your old Republic uh, uh, frenzy? frenzy observation i so i was pretty like distanced from it and i wanted the game to be good right Right. like i was i was excited for the game i went into it and was like you know i like world of warcraft i've played a lot of world of warcraft i also like bioware games well enough you know Mm -hmm. um but what happened was i think a whole lot of people and at the time Right, like Bioware RPGs were the gold standard, yeah. right? Like they they were they were breaking, you know, boundaries and the idea that like, oh, you could tell a video game, it can also be a good story and it can be like cinematic and all this stuff and uh which is very funny looking back at that era of games <laughs> now, but um that wasn't that wasn't necessarily a true uh, uh observation, but it was like the the accepted like cultural narrative at the time right like right it was like wow mass effect tells a real story yeah so um and so everyone wanted it to be the gold standard bioware game 
and also World of Warcraft <laughs> at the, uh-huh. at, while having the mo- like the content that World of Warcraft had at mm-hmm. the time. And it was just like, this is never going to happen, you guys. Yeah. It's impossible. It's, it's specifically the like, the, the companies that are like, and the properties specifically that like are able to get away with like that level of surprise are mm-hmm. ones where it's a surefire bet, which makes, I think, honestly, this game is land square in the middle for me, where mm. I'm like, there could be a huge surprise because this is Harry Potter and, uh, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe they do just have you know a bottomless budget to dip into, mm-hmm. um, because I I think about like the ones that do do the most surprising things like Pokemon. Of course, that was a phenomenon at the time, right? So like, of course that they could they could expend the like resources and time to like you know get their guys in there to uh, uh, put 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 the second area in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, like. P- longest speaking of games with like long run-ups right like obviously a complete death march of of a production cycle uh endless budget because it's the company that makes grand theft auto right like throw fucking money at that and that game does the same thing at the end of that there's there's like the whole first game area like surprise here you go uh here's a whole new map to explore um and like harry this harry potter thing is like right in the middle where it's like i bet they have like access to a lot of resources and maybe a lot of leeway because it is a surefire seller probably or they thought that when it started at least um but then also like we talked about last week it is the company that made the disney infinity children's games (laughs) um and so i imagine they will probably be playing it as safe as possible because like this is their first like and i'm I'm not saying this be belittling i just mean that like you know they they are they are taking a massive step up. They probably are going to want to play it as safe as possible, um, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, it's it like like this is this is their shot. Um, the other thing I think that makes those surprises and stuff like more and more uh, unlikely is um, like marketing. And like, th- like this was the this was the thing that made the like, oh, they're gonna put Mario Galaxy two as a secret surprise in, uh, in um, the three D Mario collection. It's like, no, of course they're fucking not. Because if they did that, they might as well just say, hey, there's four games in this box, <laughs> right? Or like what, like what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, of course they won't do that. They'll just they'll they'll just make the, it sound like a better deal by saying that there's four games instead of three in it. Like that's a no brainer. Right. Um, so yeah, a lot of that stuff. Uh, uh, sort of ignores like like features and content and things like that are rarely hidden because they want everyone to buy the game and that means attracting the most people possible so you have the widest spread of marketing that tells you what's in the game yeah um but don't let the uh hogwarts legacy subreddit uh, hear you say that because that is the majority of their content right now is speculating <laughs> on like you know what what secrets could be in the game or like what you know how tr- how true is the trailer what we're seeing you know how uh, how uh, how how much can we take from this really mm. um, my favorite one being this is in the speculation tab which is a new one they've added there was an ideas one oh good I don't 
I don't quite know why speculation and deta- and ideas are different sections, but nonetheless they are. The top of the speculation page right now is, quote, uh, here you will meet lifelong friends, dot, 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 and that is the title. At the 101 minute mark in the trailer, the narrator says what I wrote in the title. I don't know about you, but me personally wouldn't call people I met over one year in Hogwarts lifelong friends unless the game doesn't take place over one year in Hogwarts, but continues until we are completely graduated (laughs) from school. Otherwise, this lifelong friends thing he says in the trailer wouldn't be lifelong as all but one year old friends. (laughs) well wouldn't you have to grow into an elderly person and then die to know if (laughs) if they were your lifelong friends you have to see your character's entire life (laughs) the top comment is what if we die at the end of the game then technically we will be lifelong friends (laughs) do it has there been confirmation that it's just one year uh, I, so I don't, I think that seems to be the, um, the, like, accepted idea, but I, I think that there's, I, when I was talking about the factionalism that's growing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that there is a split between the people who think, no, it's going to be years five, six, and seven, and people saying, like, no, it's just going to be, uh, set in one year. Hmm. Um, that is a, that is a growing schism in the, in the church of, uh, Harry Potter game right Hmm. now. What do you think? Um, I, I think one year and Mm. let me tell you why. Uh, it is because they can end the game, uh, exactly the same way the first movie does and have Harry say, have, sorry, you're not Harry say Hogwarts is my home. And then you will come back next year for the sequel and all your favorite characters will be there. Wonderful. That's my guess. Um, as Because I think that the multi-year structure would be very cool, but that is if they were making a cooler game that was like bully-style time management thing, right? Which I mm. doubt they are doing. I'm just imagining it being like Dragon Age 2 and it's just going to be a three-act story. I can see that, yeah. I you, you just one year for each act, uh, yeah. But but like a linear, I can see that for sure. It'll make people really mad because they won't feel like they're actually going to school, <laughs> right? Yeah, like well, like the first act will be like mostly tutorial. I wonder if there's going to be like quests that you can only do in certain years. Yeah, ugh, there's so many ways they can do this that will be like a normal video game that will be very disappointing to. The, the subreddit for sure. <laughs> uh, there is one post here in speculation um, that that kind of uh, uh, is going against the grain. Curb your mm. expectations. A guide to not be let down. Oh, this might be helpful. This might be helpful. Uh, for starters, don't take this as me saying we need to stop talking about our hopes and dreams on this forum. I just want to compile a list of some things that most likely won't be happening and why. Hmm. Oh, this is good, because this might be a good springboard into threads about other ideas people have had. Yeah. A, there will not be any time traveling to the future. I'm almost (laughs) 99.999% sure, because it is canon breaking. Goes against the whole point of setting the game in the 1800s, and also incredibly difficult to pull off in a game that doesn't use time travel as its whole theme. Uh, This is something I hadn't considered, the idea that you could time travel to the future to see 
to see Harry Potter or to see, see your Dumbledore favorite or characters. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is a connection that people have made, but I'm just guessing. I'm throwing a guess out here. So you know how all the marketing is saying J.K. Rowling's not involved in this. Mm-hmm. And you know how Daniel Radcliffe last week says that he uh, would be happy to reprise his role as Harry Potter, but only if J.K. Rowling wasn't involved? Mm-hmm. Just putting two and two together here. Hmm. What if what if some fans are like, this is code. This is a code that he is going to be in the <laughs> game. We're going to meet Harry Potter at the end, and it's going to be Dan. I definitely don't think that, that we will travel forward no. in time in the game. However, I don't think it has anything to do with the canon, because the time travel canon doesn't matter at all. It changes literally every time it appears. Yeah. Uh, B, this will never be an MMO. And will unlikely true. Yeah, it's yes, true. Exactly. That's right. We'll unlikely get a Rockstar style online sandbox mode anytime soon. The MMO angle is simple enough. If it was one, it would have been shown as one. That's yes. that's right. That is true. That's what I've been saying. The GTA or Red Dead Redemption style online modes come down to who is developing the game. Avalanche is an unproven development. Wow, did I write this post? They're only <laughs> they're only noteworthy games have been uh, Disney movie companion games. Uh, they're an unproven developer. If this game ever t- gates a sandbox mode, it will be shoveled off to a different studio and will take years to complete. C. Yes. We won't be seeing other schools. DLC is always a possibility, but creating one in which you are introducing brand new architecture with very little reference points would be just as costly and time consuming as developing a new game. Again, yes. 100%. I love this idea. I mean, yeah, you won't you won't go to like an open world map of another school, but they could create like a... Z- a zone. Yeah, you could see like the hallway of Durmstrang or something, and like a couple of rooms. Sure. Yeah, I could see that for like I mean, a you story. probably won't, because if they're gonna build other maps, they're just gonna build Hogsmeade. They're gonna build the forest. They're gonna um, build yeah Hogwarts. You know, Diagon Alley, whatever. Oh my God, is this? Oh, we. I hope that this is a real thread we can find. You're not mm. going to be able to roam a, around a map the size of England. Wormtail scale scale map. To gamers, this point is laughable because we know it's impossible. To gamers, this point is laughable. <laughs> to gamers, it because is laughable. we know it's impossible at the moment. Uh, the story is going to end when it ends. You're not going to graduate schools and then delve into an entirely new game where you're a curse breaker in Egypt, an horror tracking down dark wizards in Romania. You will most likely beat the game and have free room in the castle with some side quests, and that's it. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm into this. I just want to know, I'm looking at the comments here. Are there any dissenters here? Uh no, okay. Not many comments on this one yet. So, so undecided. I need to know where these uh uh you are going to be a curse breaker at the end of the game thing comes from. <laughs> Let's see. Speculation. Uh, Sort by top all time. Um, I see a post here that is uh, um, uh, something we talked about last week, which was the grumpy potion master that's in the trailer. Mm hmm. Uh, people think that he is Phineas Black, which I sure definitely why not? Why not? That's Phineas Black. Sure, let's go with that. 
part two of my oh god okay here's the other problem with this um with this uh uh subreddit right now hmm. um lots of people promoting their youtube channels like hey i made a video about about my idea for for harry what potter what kind of a, what kind of video should we be making videos are people just <laughs> reacting to the trailers should we do a trailer reaction video it's just it's just this going like ah. i don't think i had any reaction yeah I, you could we could just re-upload the trailer and that's kind of our reaction video really <laughs> like, yeah there it is they did it i hope there will be a first person view uh that seems very very unlikely mm-hmm. what we want as a community good day guys in a few days i'm planning on uploading a youtube video to my channel about things that the community would love to see in the game if you could please comment down below some stuff you'd like to see in the game that would be much appreciated as i want to make a video about what the community wants to see not just me the community can you crowdsourcing your uh shitty clickbait youtube video no one's pointing that out everyone's going like i want good quidditch gameplay i want uh vr support <laughs> i want uh types of wands to influence the magical abilities uh i want the f i want a free roam on the grounds on a broom i want dynamic potion brewing and advanced more complex magic I feel like people are really describing that they want mini games, and that confuses me. Yeah, yeah. Well, but by dynamic potion making, I'm imagining that they like want like a full on like chemistry simulator rather than like a crafting system, which absolutely would not happen. Um, There's just a lot of suggestions that I, when I hear, I'm like, I extremely don't want that. People seem really fixated on Quidditch as <laughs> one, and that just sounds like a mini game. I hope I could ignore. Yeah, yeah, I um, I don't know about about that one. I mean, like, like Quidditch seems like a, a Quidditch seems like it will be at least a one time. Like, ah, our our chaser or our our seeker. Got hit in the head with a with a brick, and we we need you to step up, and then you play like one game. I doubt it's gonna be. It's like, gotta be in there, yeah. right? Like they're not just gonna not have Quidditch. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. Ooh, here's the stuff we want. Here's the juice mm -hmm. confirmed for older audiences. Oh my god. Okay, so this is a screenshot from a website where Hogwarts Legacy is apparently available for pre-order. If you look, it says age rating is 16+. plus. That makes me excited as it confirms my thoughts that this game will have the darker aspects. A 16 rating like what? means that the game can have violence, which looks the same as if it would in real life. <laughs> yes. There is also a reference to sexual activity, but I highly doubt anything of this nature will be included. Overall, why not? I'm just I'm just excited that the game isn't being ruined by trying to make it acceptable for children. Yeah, we wouldn't want children to be included in a Harry Potter video <laughs> game. <laughs> Fuck off. We wouldn't want kids ruining our good time in the Harry Potter game. We wouldn't go want play go play Grand Theft Auto or something. Like what? What? That's, that is it's a Harry Potter game. Yeah, that is what I will never understand. Like I get, I I get. 
I get that it's cool when a thing that you know one way manages to be presented another way, but some things just like it's it's the dark Zelda argument. It's like for one thing, Zelda can get plenty dark on its own as is while still being for kids. And number two, like that would suck if if Zelda just suddenly became like an M-rated like. But uh, it's just this is it's a different thing at that point. Just play a different game. I mean, they should be playing a different game anyway in this situation, but... but it, yeah, just in a, in a vacuum, in a world where Harry Potter is just like, there's no... It's not fraught at all. Uh-huh. It's just like, I think kids should be able to play the Harry Potter video game, probably. Yeah, I'm... I, that seems fine. <laughs> I'm actually going to search... I'm going to search dark. I'm just going to search dark on Harry Potter game. What do we, what do we find if we search... Do you think the unforgivable curses will be unlocked for late game Dark Wizards? <laughs> okay, you remember the post from last week that we we looked at where it was like, I hope the game is dark, and it was like picture of the Forbidden Forest, picture of Aragog or whatever, and then like a <laughs> Death Eater. Yeah. Found another one in that exact same genre that's even mm. better. Adding to another post I saw here about the game being dark. It's worth pointing out that the Harry Potter 2 PC game was aimed at a younger audience than this one will be, and it still had a ton of ominous and gloomy areas. Uh, And, like, I... so Like, dark? Like, the lighting? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They've got a picture of the Forbidden Forest level, they've got a picture of, like, a dungeon level, and then they've got the Chamber (laughs) of Secrets with the big spooky statue. Yeah, that's scary. We've seen the classic wondrous and whimsical Hogwarts in the trailer, but what truly Mm -hmm. completes the magical universe is having the flip side. Hey! (laughs) Dark, horrific, almost Lovecraftian, huge fucking (laughs) spiders and their armies that will eat you alive, giant snake monsters, dark forests so grim and labyrinthian that the ground itself threatens to swallow (laughs) you alive. There is a ton of potential for the game to have scary areas, atmospheres, and moments. What with creatures like the Inferi, with areas like the Forbidden Forest, and so forth. I think the target audience being adults now, because the kids of today aren't as familiar with Harry Potter as the people who were kids when the movies were coming out. This is an absolute must. Imagine battling hellish creatures in the dark of the forest, with trees tall as giants, and a black sky with gloomy mist all around. The Lovecraft factor, and so forth. What's the Lovecraft I factor? I don't know about Lovecraft. That's not really. Uh, it's more like dark fairy tale type stuff. You could, if I think what this guy wants to play is Bloodborne, which yeah, I highly like the recommend. Witcher. Great game if you want to. If you want to play something with some dark, dark Cthulhu shit in it, go play Bloodborne. Fully endorse Bloodborne. And, yeah, and, yeah, and the Witcher. Yeah, they got the Witcher's you, not really the Lovecraft. That's dark fairy it, tale, but you know the. Yeah. This is a Harry Potter game. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, if you go into a forest and there's a giant spider that's like, I'm going to eat you up. Like, that would be scary in real life. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing about this is all those examples that, that are listed those are there in the original books, but they never happen. They're just like a threat of something that could happen. <laughs> right. And like, that's plenty spooky enough 
in in a kid's book, right? Like I I the the idea that like to be to be spooky, it now must escalate. Your character must be uh uh dissolved in in uh spider acid on screen and eaten to for it to be dark is a very funny yes. idea. Unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. I really hope you get to experience years one through seven with each year being long. That's not, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's also not, that's not an unpopular not opinion. Unpopular that's not opinion. what the game is. I would like for, I would like the perfect video game. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Adulthood as a post game mechanic. Nope. Here we nope. go. Here, here we go. I've seen a lot of people throw some crazy ideas on the sub lately, and I see a lot of people trying to manage their hype so former people don't end up getting disappointed and mad at the developers, which I think is a good thing. Like, people talk about online Triwizard tournaments or getting jobs after school or that we will be Dumbledore's best childhood friend or whatever. I don't see why the story can't take place over a three-year period rather than one. Um, I'm saying one because the leak confirms uh, year. Uh, excuse me. The leak from two years ago said that we will be starting as 50 year students and let us become aurors. Or if we are evil, like do- official dark wizards slash death eaters, though they don't exist in the 1800s. So just an equivalent of death eaters. It even gives more creative freedom for the devs. As far as the main story goes, it can go to many different directions. As far as our character development is concerned. That was one sentence. Like our character yeah. to go get imprisoned, for example, time period, I don't know, in Azkaban for one reason or another, since we know it's in the game already, so they would have to do a time skip at some point in the story, I don't know. I just feel like it would make for a better story rather than it just being one year, even if one year is not ridiculously in-depth, like I'm not expecting a times three longer game just because it takes place over three. Okay, so that part I at least agree with. That was, that was a long sentence to get to. The time the the story takes place doesn't necessarily affect the gameplay length. Yes, that is true. That is true. They are correct. Anyways, I feel like they could add the adulthood features as post-game mechanics rather than it being in the story. Like, if you become an Auror after you are done with school, we could have a detective-type game mechanic where you track down dark wizards from clue to clue. Maybe use some useful spells to help you track them down. Kind of like the spell Newt used to track Tina in Crimes of Grinderwald. Why would you want them to split so much labor into that? Because they make the perfect video game. They gotta make me the perfect video game. No, they have to make the perfect video game for me. Uh, which is The Witcher 3. Oh, and then he says, similar to The Witcher 3 contracts where you're tracking <laughs> down monsters with your Witcher senses. Uh, if, on the other hand, you were a dark wizard throughout the three years of your main adventure in Hogwarts and decided to officially become a Death Eater type figure, you can have a similar type scenario as the Auror game mechanic. I don't know, maybe tracking down Aurors in their bases and sneaking in or barging in to wipe them out. And taking their bases as your own. Oh, now we get base management in this game. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, 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 you know, not not a tall order uh, or something along those lines. I feel letting us be adults would add another layer to being a dark wizard because I just can't imagine a 15 year old throwing the killing curse, dropping bodies left and right inside Hogwarts. Uh, also, 15 year olds <laughs> are not supposed to use magic outside of school. So the possibility to use the killing curse or any type of magic for that matter against people outside Hogwarts is immediately eliminated, which to me sucks. Whereas if we are adults, we don't have any of those boundaries holding us back. Bottom line, it just sounds like you want a different game. People need to uh, 
get rid of this idea that this game is going to be perfectly canon in all of its game mechanics. <laughs> there will be one line where your character says, am I, am I not supposed to use magic outside of school? And then another character will say, don't worry. We've lifted the restriction on you because you're doing something important. And then they'll never talk about it again. Like, <laughs> there, there you go. Problem solved. My only complaint with the post-game mechanic would be like, how are we going to be able to visit Hogwarts after we have graduated? Wait, hang on a second. The game is going to end. It's going to cut to credits and it's hey, over. Hang on a second. They, inv- <laughs> they invented this premise. My complaint with the post-game mechanic would be, how are we going to be able to visit Hogwarts after we graduate and become adults? The game's supposedly supposed to be called Hogwarts Legacy? I mean, there are it's easy... It's not real! <laughs> there are easy workarounds on that. Like, for example, they could introduce time turners as a post-game mechanic along with adulthood. Actually, I could see if the game... Not in the sense that this person is saying, but I could... If there are, like, missable quests or whatever... Uh, or, like, different stages of the school or whatever, if they do the three-year thing for the story, I could see them giving you, like, oh, the time-turner lets you jump back to year one so you can go do this side quest or whatever. But it's sure. just a mechanic for jumping back to side quests. It's not, like, yeah. literally a time-turner. Um, uh, we could go back to our younger years for as much time as we wish and experience all things we were able to experience in our years of Hogwarts from our classmates to Quidditch games. If you don't like this idea, we can always start a new character in a new house with a whole new story, decisions, and paths to explore. Oh, new game? Oh, just a oh, new- hi- oh, because it's the you're starting a new game file. <laughs> you're playing the game again. I feel like closing our character's story with us being adults and truly free to do as we please in the wizarding world would be revolutionary. I mean, yeah, it would. You're not wrong there that this is a revolutionary idea. If if they manage to pull off giving your character two entire open world games with different, or or I guess they described four open world games in this post. Um, You get your, the Death Eater base management game, the horror detective L.A. Noir game, Hogwarts, and then also the time traveling (laughs) game. I guess that would be. There's, there's nothing an adult with a career wants to do more than do use time travel to go back to high school yeah. for a little while. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> uh, I know it's kind of a lot to ask, but in my eyes, it's nothing too crazy difficult to develop. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not cra- nothing too crazy t- difficult to develop mechanics technology wise, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you do it then, bud. I hate to break it to this person, but if there is graduation, it's just going to cut to credits and the game's over. There are similar features. Is that not okay? (laughs) Do games just have to go on forever now? (laughs) No, this isn't too difficult. It's nothing too crazy. Uh, Similar features in tons of other games in our day and time. Please let me know. The thing is, those are different games. There are games where there are base management, and there are games where you're a detective, and there are games that are open world. Uh, I don't think they're all the same game. Uh, That would be very impressive. I would really, really love to see that if you choose the dark side, you'll be able to kill. And the game will be darker than you choosing the good side. For example, the dark side option would be more bloody and dark, just like a mature game, not a kid's game like the movies. Wait, so is the light side going to be a kid's game? Yes, that's that's the this the new (laughs) 
The new revolutionary idea is a game that actually has two ratings. If you pick the light side, it's rated E for everyone. If you if you choose the dark side, it's rated M for fucked up. Um, is there like a parental control on it? Like if you want to get it for your eight-year-old or whatever, oh can you like lock them into light oh side choices? Oh my god, that would be fucking incredible. Could you imagine? <laughs> I love that idea. I, I'm We made two games. One is rated M, one is rated E. <laughs> this is such a genius idea. Cause cause, you know, as this board proves and like as like, you know, Star Wars fans and everyone like constantly prove is that like no one can accept something being like all ages if they liked it at one point. Mm-hmm. It has it has yeah. to grow up with them. Uh it's no one else's. If if companies could harness that that energy <laughs> and say, hey, all you nerds, uh, uh, this game, if you're over 17, it's fucked up. We made Pokemon where they fucking die and there's boobs everywhere. But if you're <laughs> if you're not 17, it's just a normal Pokemon game. I think this is actually like a genius idea for like a deconstruction. Um, yeah. Very funny. <laughs> idea so much <laughs> i just like imagining like the like how how different the games would have to be like because the thing is if, you, if you're starting in like school it like it would start off really small like like it, you know your your friend says like do you want to go play quidditch and and then if you're light side you're like yeah mate let's go practice quidditch and if you don't you're like fuck you i'm gonna go to the dark side of the library and like that's really it but, like <laughs> Once you get further on in the game, it would be like, like, hey, uh, we have to go and save those, uh, uh, those pygmy puffs from getting killed. <laughs> and then if it's the evil game, it's like, I'm going to kill the fucking pygmy puffs and put them in a blender. And then I'm going to go have sex <laughs> with a lady. Like, it, just, it gets more different the further into the story you go. Like, <laughs> I love I'm obsessed with this idea. <laughs> the two track game. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh I just noticed that this subreddit has a uh JK Rowling discussion embargo. We would like to keep discussion huh. on the subreddit focused on the games and away from political arguments as such. We ask if you please please refrain from posting any opinions or arguments about the JKR situation on here. Uh, unfortunately, we have been unable to have discussions about JKR in the past. Oh, okay. They're okay. This is still cowardly, but they are approaching this from the right angle. Uh, unfortunately, we have been unable to have discussions about JKR in the past without hurtful comments being made towards LB- LGBTQ plus folks. I would interrogate perhaps why that is. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's the same coward's maneuver that happened on the main Harry Potter subreddit, too. Uh, let's see. Immersive flying mechanics. Make the NPCs alive. Yes. Uh, evil, what does that mean? Evil bad choices. Uh, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just reading. I'm reading threads here. I feel like most developers don't do their best with this. Referring to NPCs. Uh, would love to walk around the school and hear chit chat between other students or see a professor bust someone for using a spell. <laughs> I want to see someone get busted. I want to see, I want to see Professor McGonagall suplex a kid. 
just stuff that puts a grin on my face. Surprise the player, make us <laughs> fall in love all over again with the amazing world. I mean, I, I don't disagree. That's just a very funny way to put it. I want to I want to mm-hmm. see someone get busted. <laughs> uh so in the trailer, we see the Dementors, and it looks like they're in Azkaban. For me, there are just two reasons to go there. One, you can choose to go there for an internship. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Their... What is that their number one choice for what that could mean? down pretty low on my list. <laughs> what? What is the internship at Azkaban? They, they don't fucking say. That's all they wrote. <laughs> Number one, you go there for an internship. Number two, you can use dark magic and when you get caught, it's a game over and you end up in Azkaban. Okay, hang on. So number... So so number <laughs> So the number two option, their second <laughs> guess for what this is, is that it's like America's army. And if you shoot someone on your team, you get sent to prison for 10 minutes. But their number Neither. one, their number one go-to is you go there for an internship. What? It's going to be neither of those. <laughs> OP, it's probably just a level. Okay, we need to hash this out. What is what okay. is the gameplay for a for a Dementor Azkaban internship? <laughs> what do you do? Um, I I don't like. Are you are you checking in the prisoners? <laughs> are you bringing them their like meals for the day? And you're like, wow, what a fun game mechanic. <laughs> I'm at my I'm at the. Azkaban internship. Is it your job to stop the Dementors from fucking? You like see some fog and you're like, hey, 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 and like, like wave a broom at them, like stop that. Or it's your job to like breed them. Oh, you're like, like you need more. <laughs> There's like a Dementor breeding mechanic. <laughs> oh fuck! What? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could like breed for specific traits. The Dementors, like these ones, make you real sad. But um, <laughs> but they they're not very good at uh, maintaining their post. Whereas like these <laughs> ones, and they make you like feel like a, a general sense of melancholy. But are very like they'll they'll be where they where you tell them to be. These ones. So these ones fly faster. Um, but they don't have very good sucking strength. This one, <laughs> right. this one is like full. This one has like a full suck build, and I'm bre- mm-hmm. I'm trying to breed my Dementor so I get like a good sucking stat. Uh, that- His turning radius is not great. <laughs> these Dementor IVs, I need I need hidden move super suck on these. <laughs> You know how in um, a lot of RPGs, especially like of a certain era, um, like I'm specifically thinking of like Dragon Age Origins, where it's like, that's a great game, but there's always that like roadblock where you're like, oh, I have the fade segment to get through. Or like um, in like Bloodlines, it's like all the sewers are just Mm -hmm. like a slog. I think that the Azkaban internship could be (laughs) that in this game. It's like, oh, I really want to replay this game, but I have to go through the I have to go through the the fucking internship internship again. I have to fill out all this paperwork about soul sucking. (laughs) 
the fog makes the frame rate tank when the Dementors are fucking. I hate this part. <laughs> Holy fuck. That is such a beautiful post. I, could, I adore that. You can choose to go there for an internship. What pre- what fucking precedence <laughs> is there for that? Like what either in video games or Harry Potter did, does Harry like take an in did we miss that one? Harry Potter and the unpaid internship? <laughs> oh my god. That's the desk job that Newt was scared of. <laughs> Wait, do people think this is going to be like a simulator? Like they know there's going to be like a story. Yeah, and like It's and not like- just going to be like you're a wizard simulator. Right. Yeah, no, it's not. It's This is not going to be my summer car, but for Hogwarts, right? Like, it's right. not. Concerned that some people are thinking that's going to be the experience. Yeah, I'm very curious. So you were talking about a low bar mm-hmm. to clear. Um, yeah. Well, the top idea right now is a GTA mission system for classes. And what they mean is, uh, in GTA, you see various characters on the map with different missions that you can do in any order. And when you finish them, there's usually a story checkpoint. After that, more missions appear and the cycle continues. Video games. Video game design, yes. Video games. (laughs) It's so funny that those are the two... (laughs) Those are the two, um, uh, like, like, ends of the predictions here. It's either... I bet this is going to be like every other one of these I've played, or it's going to be a game where you can take a Dementor internship. <laughs> well, if you um, if you go into the last like story cutscene, it gives you a warning, and it's like if you if you continue forward, uh, you can't go back and do your Azkaban internship. <laughs> Once you've become an adult, Azkaban actually stops taking uh, applications for internships. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can't top that this today. We should we should end on a high note and take it to the close. What do you say? Sure. Our theme song is Haunt McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always. Plenty of use that as our theme song. You can check them out at Bandcamp. You can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We have so much good, good content there for you. We will be reading Twilight soon. We kind of got sidetracked. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, but we've also got... Higurashi, we've got uh, John Green books, we've got video games, we've got uh, 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 Taylor Lautner movies, we've we're, we've got a lot of stuff under our belt on there now. Something for everybody. Um, but Liz, what are we reading next week? It is time. Yes. We are reading chapter 21, The Tale of the Three Brothers. The Tale of the Three Brothers, The Pardoner's Tale. Is mm-hmm. finally here. I'm so excited. This is... I, I'm going to have to go off on this one a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have to do some some research, some reading. I'm going to get some more notes together than usual because this is my bag. We're getting mm-hmm. into we're getting into medieval uh, uh, literature here. And, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see what J.K. Rowling sees in The Pardoner's Tale. Why she used it for a Harry Potter novel and how it fits into this insane allegory that she has cooked up for this. Uh, mm, I'm making, making just chef's kiss <laughs> gestures. I'm so excited. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. But 
even so, I should probably still please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.